Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Endless Stream Podcast. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Cree and Kevin. We are three illustrators, filmmakers, all-round shit-talkers that are going to take some of the endless stream of content brought to you by Amazon Prime, Netflix, Spotify, comic books, television movies, music, whatever is out there, we're going to listen to a chunk of it and we're going to talk about it. These conversations are very spoiler-heavy, so if you haven't watched Sweet Tooth and... Modoc, maybe. Um, maybe go and have a look at those and uh, come back and join the conversation. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast and following us over on Instagram or Twitter. Our socials are at the Endless Cast. Over on Instagram, we have you know clips of the show and sketches and drawing videos. So it's a little additional content that you can find over there. If you have any questions or any comments you want to make, record yourself a little audio track. We might play it in the podcast as well. You can send those to theendlesscast at gmail.com so you can you know get involved yourself. All that being said, let's get into this week's episode. I was doing my usual rundown of the trailers on the internet this week, and I noticed that there's a lot of horror movie trailers up this week. Now, I'm not a horror movie fan. Yeah, me neither. Um, oh, I am. I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm far too easily scared. Uh but it it is a good indication I guess that like we're already planning for like third quarter here comes Halloween, here come yeah. the horror movies kind of thinking. So, I mean, what's your favorite horror movie then, Kev? Um, or what's a horror movie you like? Favorite's always a tough question. Favorite's always a tough question. Yeah. I like kind of when I was much younger, like much much younger, I did love The Creature Back Lagoon, but kind of contemporary wise and like kind of just more modern things, um, it follows is really good. If you have you okay. seen it follows, no, <laughs> no, you see you're dealing with cowards. Um, <laughs> it's it's very very good. It's essentially kind of and like uh, it's essentially basically like almost like a, a dynamic kind of STD. You can pass on this like. Uh, it's basically the only way you can pass on this possession or this like kind of. Um, it's gonna kill you unless you pass it on. Is it? It's gonna kill you unless you pass it on. Yeah, and the only way you can pass it on is having sex with somebody. Uh, that sounds real vapid, but it's 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 really, really, really good. And it's like it's an interesting movie because it's like you think it's kind of set maybe like say the eighties or nineties or something, but like then they have these little pocket like pocket mirrors that look like or pocket phones that look like little clam mirrors like it's like you're not really you don't really know where it's set in time it's a very very strange movie but it's really really good sounds like it yeah is that an intentional thing like are they trying to be ambiguous with the time period i think so oh weird i think i think it's kind of like it's meant to be slightly reminiscent or throwbacky to the likes of like Mm. the maybe like the 70s kind of horror because obviously 70s was a kind of a, a resurgence of the horror genre and all that kind of stuff but um, 70s and 80s and that kind of slasher teen horror movie it's kind of like a it's almost like a throwback and homage to that in some ways uh trope wise and aesthetically but then it's like it's it's like such a own movie and it's like kind of just elements of like more modern times and stuff it's very very odd but it's very very good watch it watch it if you haven't watched it watch it <sighs> I'm not gonna, I'm too... perhaps <laughs> yeah we want to seem open to things but um i don't like the if experience. i had to watch speed racer screw you guys <laughs> that's fair did you watch Speed Racer, Cree? Nope. <laughs> a Quiet Place 2, right? Is that is that A Quiet Place 2? Is that like new? Or or am I like behind? 
Who knows? No one knows that movie. <laughs> that, yeah, see, that was a, that was like on the cusp of being released just when pandemic hit. So there were ads for it everywhere, yeah. and there were preview screenings. So they're like, "Was it released? Wasn't it released?" It's, it's like, right. yeah, Schrodinger's premiere. Yeah. Did you see the first Quiet Place? No. <laughs> no. Okay, it's, it's very, very good. Killian Murphy's in the second one, right? And yeah. He, he auditioned for Batman for Christopher Nolan's Batman. He did, yeah. Yeah, and he also yeah. So he he did it as um, Bruce Wayne, and then he did a tape as as Batman. Um, or screen test and uh, his Batman was actually pretty good but his his Bruce Wayne because I saw like a clip of it it was okay Um, they, they definitely did it well like they they Christian was the right choice like why Miles obviously but um, but there was definitely something so then he kept him on for a scarecrow oh fair I think Killian as Bruce has a sort of greasiness <laughs> that makes you kind of creeped out by him yeah mm, mm. and you don't want to be creeped out by the 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 Playboy billionaire because then you start going maybe he's Batman. <laughs> but but that's, that's yeah. it as well though. It's kind of like I, as, as as kind of say uh, shallow as this sounds. It's like and I I think uh, Kenny Murphy's a beautiful looking man. Like he's very genuine looking or whatever you know. But um, I was gonna say but yeah it was just like I kind of pictured that like Bruce Wayne kind of has to be like really kind of vapid and basic. Mm-hmm billionaire playboy like you know chisel jaw to pull yeah. off the, the polar opposite of i'm batman and i care about humanity you know that kind of way yeah but like the, there's like there's like your chiseled jaw like when when i think of that sort of like vapid billionaire type of thing i think more like like late 1800s sitting on a fainting couch um john hannah in the mummy movies Okay, you know, yeah, do you yeah. remember the brother? What's his name in the in the mummy movies? Rachel Weisz's sister Jonathan. or brother, Jonathan? Yeah, you know he's he is like I if if somebody played Bruce Wayne like that, I'd be like <laughs> that's that's a a goofy um, Playboy billionaire type, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More interested in finding the next gin and tonic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Could work. <laughs> there's been um, there's been like representations of that right in like kind of maybe the comics but like in in some sort of like film or tv format where yeah he's like really irresponsible it doesn't get like people don't like him mm. kind of like an arthur type oh yeah. oh yeah yeah um which which arthur russell brand <laughs> <anymore>? um, <laughs> otherwise no it wasn't a trailer but there's a couple of animated trailers up uh the boss baby 2 i don't know if anybody watched the boss nope. baby i didn't even bother watching the first one so i i, I don't <laughs> it's oddly funny i did watch oddly it but, yeah. funny and it does it does things where you're like there's the gift that goes around wherever where they're like changing his diaper and they do it to a rhythm and he like talcum powders the baby's arse and blah, blah, blah. and then there's like a punctuation as the baby farts and shoots talcum powder at his arse wow. it's such a weird moment in an animated film you know or you know it's yeah it's just weird there's a weird moment where the baby's telling him to suck on his pacifier and okay. he's just going suck it it'll show you things suck it you want to do it like it's just this weird like what a fucking weird like am i a creep for putting this weirdness on it or are they creeps for putting this in there because it's on them right uh, alec baldwin telling you to suck it is... yeah because like <laughs> it's like a tree falls in the wood doesn't make a noise it's like yeah it does you know just because you didn't watch this creepy movie doesn't make the movie any less creepy you know exactly <laughs> 
So, <laughs> so Boss Baby two, creepy kind of movie TV series. Not a TV didn't, series. Didn't like Boss Baby win an Oscar over like who who was in the category? Was it Spider Verse that it won over? Like was Spider Verse that year? I think. Oh God, I hope not. I what category? Or Best something? I, I don't. Yeah, it won an Oscar. I think it was Boss Baby because I think my friend and I were talking about it, and he was like, "I'll never forgive them for that." Now it could be getting mixed up, but. I think it was something like that, but they they won anyways for something. Some boss baby was nominated for an Oscar, and the internet can barely handle it. Oh, it was beaten by Coco. Okay, thank oh, okay, twice. good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would have been catastrophic. That would have been a cultural reset of like depression. Sometimes though, the stuff that's nominated for Oscars it feels like filler. Yeah. It, it can, like, sometimes if it was just, like, an animated movie that was out, we're not, like, spectacular animation or anything, it's just, like, nominated, because, like, we need to fill the category with something that people can recognise, I think. Yeah. Mm. Has a superhero movie won an Oscar? I'm sure they have for their score or something. Um, Special I think effects. The Dark Knight or something. Didn't um, Heath, well, Ledger Heath Ledger got, Ledger a got it posthumous. Yeah. yeah. Um, Heath Ledger won Best Support. Was it Supporting Actor, I think? Oh, think okay. So, yeah. Or was it Actor? It was probably Best Actor. I think it was Best Supporting. Was that Post yeah, Mortem? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Was that which? He used that. I think he was, I think he was like the okay. second person to ever... Really? I, I don't know. I could be. See, I was wrong about the other thing, so. Nah, look, we're not worried about fact We're not worried about that. It just keeps <laughs> flowing on. What else? What else? What else? What else? Paw Patrol's getting a movie. I've no, never watched an episode no, of Paw Patrol. Why? Why? No. But, but um, that's a next. cute puppy. No. <laughs> There's a documentary coming out about Anthony Bourdain called Roadrunner from the guy that did 20 Feet from Stardom, which will be worth watching. Um. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Anthony Bourdain. I know Anthony Bourdain, he's one yeah. of He's one of these um, travel writers, food critics. Uh, he was a chef that wrote, I think it's Kitchen Confidential. He just, like, I think he was like a, I'm going to get a lot of Anthony Bourdain stuff wrong because I just have a general sense of him from the, the, the culture. But he was he wrote about the, like, Manhattan chef lifestyle of, like, you know, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, a lot of whatever in it and that became a travel writing thing and he has some of the best travel shows um of the I guess the last 30 years you can find a chunk of them on netflix i think they're still up there especially after he he he, he took his own life there about five years ago um it was a very odd not very odd it was just it was just people kept holding up the fact that like the guy did whatever he wanted to do wherever he did he traveled the world he ate whatever he wanted he you know if that guy can't be happy what chance do any of us have kind of kind of was a vibe off the back of it but like roadrunner's the name of the film it'll probably be good i like i there's one episode in particular i watched where he's supposed to be going like um diving with a local to f- get fresh fish for the meal they're going to make that night and it's in greece i think and the guy who's the guy who's taking him out diving it's like there's no fish for three hours and then these sort of frozen fish start showing up in front of him and the diver keeps going hey look i caught another one and he he, he just lets the narrative go this guy was lying it was full of shit he was fucking around i just sank into a depression i went back to my room and i drank three bottles of wine this was the worst day on set bullshit waste of time and it's like that just made the cut of the show whoa <laughs> no <Amazing>. way <laughs> yeah um so like that's fishy <laughs> 
Roadrunner will be worth checking out. That director is good as well. Um, I guess the animated stuff lets us touch on. Cree, you said you were watching The Mitchells versus The Machines. I haven't watched that. Kev, oh my god, it. watch it. I've watched half of it and I was really, really enjoying it. And I think I just fell asleep because I'm old. I'm old. Revisit it. I would say definitely revisit it. It's so good. You guys, it's it's really like a gem. Like when I, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this, this seems pretty cool. And then we actually watched it, me and my family. And it was, it was brilliant. It was, it exceeded expectations so much. So like, because I didn't have expectations at all going into it. It was just, you know, family movie. What? let's just watch it for the crack. One of the best animated movies that I've seen. So what's, sorry, what, what's the, the overview or the plot or the synopsis? I don't want to give too much away, um, but basically think family surviving the robot apocalypse. But I know that cool. sounds pretty like oh, generic or something, but trust me, just watch it. It's really good. It was originally meant to be called Connected or something, wasn't it? It was originally Connected. That's like when I saw the trailer first, that's what it was. Um, but then, that's... I don't know, they, they changed it. They changed the name. Yeah. That was, like I couldn't remember. I knew I saw it under a different name and I couldn't remember what it was. Um, I don't know It's why a good name as well. Yeah, I think I'm Connected. Like, it definitely serves the, like, it stays true to the movie. Like, Connected might have been a good mm. thing but i don't know if, what it was like maybe it was like netflix I don't know. well there's a there's a thing that happens when they're naming films sometimes where they lose faith in the audience to get it right and like two great examples are like harry potter and the philosopher's stone we're bringing the book to america Sorcerer. americans will have no interest <laughs> in philosophy harry potter and the sorcerer's stone another example is um pirates in an adventure with scientists yeah and they bring it to america and it becomes well kids aren't gonna have any interest in science so it's pirates in an adventure with misfits really yeah oh my gosh it's weird that's um, interesting or then there's I, there's also the whole uh california man encino man thing i know it's not animated but yeah but that makes sense they should have just went to a california man though <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a little more like you really have to be from California to get Encino as a district of... Yeah, but like California, Cave, it just makes more sense, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I completely yeah. just derailed that. No, I don't, I, I don't know the movie, California Man. You don't know the movie? <gasps> watch it. What it's is it? Definitely, it's on Disney Plus. Go watch it. What's um, it about? It's, it's about... So, Brendan Fraser... And Samwise Gamgee, what is his name? Sean Ashmore, oh, yeah. isn't it? And Paulie Shore. And of course, Paulie Shore. Mm. <laughs> it's, is that it's the one where he's like he, the way he wakes up? No, what is Frozen. it? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they. I think they're the digging back. out a swimming pool in their back garden, and yeah. they accidentally unearth <laughs> a caveman who's been frozen in ice, and it's Brendan Fraser, and he. Uh, he like learns to skateboard and has like caveman fights. Totally I have and, seen uh, it. I have seen it. He's got it, a yeah. big caveman big brow, makeover. so women are really attracted to him. <laughs> as is the attractive thing in the nineties. Do you remember Blast from the Past? I do. I used to love. Have that you movie. seen Blast from the Past, Cree? No. Uh, well, I don't. Oh. I don't think so. So that is. What is I'll it? Let you talk. Yeah, Brendan Fraser is kind of. 
his like I think it's like post World War Two or as no, it's probably not World War Two. It would be like the Cold War in America. So like the fifties or something. His family goes into a bunker. They're in the bunker. Uh, things happen. Time elapses, and the world just carries on, and they're kind of forgotten about. And then something happens, and they open up the bunker, and they come out, and he's just like, whoa, like this is the world now. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, is, is isn't that Reese Witherspoon? Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Oh, all right. Oh, uh, but it's brilliant. It is very, very good. Yeah, Christopher oh. Walken is the father, and he's an engineer, and he is the most prepared for a nuclear apocalypse during the Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis anyone could possibly be. Good he has a bunker underground that will allow them to stay there for fifty years. Wow! And like this isn't this is the whole premise of the movie, so it's not really a spoiler. It happens at the opening, but. The Cuban Missile Crisis kicking off. He and his family go into the ba- into the basement, and a light aircraft acts, crashes into their house. Oh! And when the aircraft crashes into the house, the airplane fuel sets off the fire sensors. It reads like a nuclear blast uh-huh. to him, so he locks them in for thirty seven years or thirty five years, and Jesus. suddenly it's nineteen ninety five wow. or nineteen ninety six, mm-hmm. and they need they need uh, some supplies, so they send a newly emerged Brendan Fraser out into the world to it's good find fun. canned food oh it's a comedy oh it's a complete okay, comedy good, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be very bleak wouldn't it I know it's, it's, it's good I fun it is really good fun I'm, I don't know if there's anything in there that doesn't hold up but if you can find Blast from the Past yeah, yeah perfect that's brilliant because Brendan is like he's just class in everything Oh, he had a sweet spot there, like, and probably ranging from like Encino Man, Blast from the Past. Was that? Was that before or after the Mummy? Before the Mummy, was it? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. Um, I would say so. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the Mummy actually was after. I mean, I, I, I don't know when the Mummy came out, but I, I think it was like, and then he did Journey to the Center of the Earth as well. Uh, I don't remember that. That one was now. that was that was on the that was on the downslide, unfortunately. That yeah, was when the hair I'm was. Gonna, was I'm gonna put my hands away. up as a kid. I absolutely loved that movie. <laughs> Fair. I can't judge out the worst taste in movies, so you're in good company. But um, I mean, it's Brendan Fraser. He's he's funny. He's funny yeah, yeah. and anything, so it's watchable at least. He's he's making a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Thanks to DC, to a degree, he. Uh, oh, the Doom Patrol thing. Yeah, is that's it? one. I haven't watched it. Me neither. Okay. So He's let's, making let's, a comeback, let's... but nobody's seen it. <laughs> he took a break from acting. Uh, yeah. Because, well, I think he got he got divorced, and then the alimony payments were very, very high. So it was basically like he could work, but he'd have to kind of give all of his money to his ex-wife and the kids and stuff. And it didn't really seem feasible. It's something like that. I can't remember. And then, of course, you know, he, had, um, he was assaulted and stuff. But yeah, poor guy. Yeah. He had it rough. He was assaulted? Yeah. Brendan Fraser was assaulted, I think it was yeah. an executive guy or something groped him. Oh. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Kind of got, 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 got cast aside, didn't it? And then his whole yeah. career did. And God bless him. Yeah. Yeah. He's back now, and that's the main thing. He's Yeah, thank goodness. He is an international treasure. He is. George of the Jungle. I still love it. Yes. I forgot about George of the Jungle. Thank you for bringing that up. What? Don't pour that tree. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> So what it is, sorry. See, wait, wait, wait. Mitch of the Machines, uh, Kree, you recommend watching it. It's good. Yes, absolutely. You strongly yeah. recommend it. Okay, awesome. Yeah. It's like Sony, is it? Is it the same people that yeah, did Spider-Verse? Yeah, it's the same Spider-Verse, so yeah, it's really good. <laughs> awesome, okay. Um, like, I, it's in I, the same, I, it's it's good, as in it's like, because they did Spider-Verse the most, I don't know if it's the same people or whatever, but it works. <laughs> Kree, you don't, do you work in animation, Kree, no? No, 
Um, I admire it greatly, but um, I wouldn't have the patience. Although, having said that, it was my one of my dream jobs for a while to work at Leica Studios. Like, to just, I could totally spend all day putting like hairs on some, who, who, some like. Uh, who were Leica Studios? Hmm? Who were who were like 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 this? Oh, thing? you know. Okay, so you know, like Kubo and the Two Strings. They're a stop motion animation. Oh studio. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Caroline, Paranorman, those those kind of movies. I was like, that would be a really cool thing to work for because you've got to make loads of these like practical sets, yeah, like in yeah. miniature. And I lo- I love doing that kind of art stuff. So mm. I thought that would be really cool. But alas, <laughs> twas not it's, the career for me. It's really satisfying doing that stuff. If you if you're like crafty or creatively inclined, like you might go a bit nuts by the time you've, you know, poked poke placed your like seven millionth hair. But like I did a little bit of work on a, a, sh- a short that was kind of stop motion cutout, and like you know I sat down one day and they're like, we need you to make three uh, disemboweled sheep from top down, and I'm like, okay, Jesus. I have to figure this out. I got some cotton Sean, the wool, sheep gone wrong. and I got some super glue. Like it was weird trying to figure out how to make a sheep that had been attacked by a cryptid, you know, like a werewolf or something. You know, that's awesome. But I don't think I'm looking at that reference. That'd be gross. Type in chupacabra. <laughs> chupacabra. I'm trying to think if I've watched anything this week. I've been like, I just binge in house as a sort of comfort show because it's just background noise. You just hear like a heart machine beeping all the time and Hugh Laurie being sarcastic. I watched some of Dollface on Disney Plus, Cat Denim's oh, really? show. Is it good? Like, it's fun. I don't think it's as. Uh, I always want to. I didn't. It wasn't consistently amazing, but it's got some really good bits in it, you know, and right. it's got some cool, like, guest bits yeah. as well. Like, I think Macaulay Culkin pops up at one point and it's Dulcie. like, oh, weird, I haven't seen him in ages. Um, <laughs> and there's some nice, like, surrealist stuff as well. You know, she the opening, she gets dumped by her boyfriend and it's about reconnecting with um, women as friends because she sort of got lost in her relationship for the past five years and lost contact with all her friends. Um, and it opens with... Um, like she's like handed a bus ticket onto like this cat lady bus and it's like you're you're on the road to cat lady and there's just this woman driving the bus with like a big animated cat head talking to her oh, awesome. and she's a sort of she's a sort of like running like Jiminy Cricket every time she has to make a decision the the, the cat lady shows up <laughs> um, so there's some really fun like surrealist moments in there um, that's pretty cool and it's very LA culture you know like there's definitely scenes where you know they're you know, meeting and hiking in Runyon Canyon, you know, and it's like, it's like, it's weird that I know. It's like the equivalent of saying I'm going for a walk in Kalini Hill. It's like, how do I know what their local walking spot is? <laughs> Except it was in that, it was in episodes, it was in New Girl. It, oh, like, yeah, I know exactly where you're talking about. My God. It, yep. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> and I don't because my geographical knowledge is very low. <laughs> it's fine. It's just, you, you will notice like a lot of shows set in LA when there's like, people going for exercise or a hike or something it's it's a very sort of like dusty roads with green trees yeah you know like even if they're not walking in Runyon Canyon you know it's one of the equivalent walks in the area you know um uh that was I don't know it's fun show I'm enjoying it I guess that's Um, that new Matthew Greg Goobler shows up um from Criminal Minds he was an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Oh, yes. Yeah, he yeah, was one, yeah, he, yeah. He was one of... You got it from that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was one of the interns on The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. He's he's the attractive 
introverted guy in Criminal Minds. Yes. Yeah, I can't think of his name in Criminal Minds. He's the one that, like, they stick him in a room with lots of shit written on a wall and then do slow-mo circles around while he figures stuff out with his impressive Uh, brain. Yes. Um, Interesting fact about Criminal Minds. Um, If you watch it, every episode features someone named Kevin. No way. No, it's like not different just, people called it's, Kevin. Or? Yeah, it's not true, but it's it's it's. Uh, I've definitely noticed it. Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's pre- prevalent enough that there's somebody who just likes the name Kevin. And I was literally with a friend. <laughs> I was literally with a friend, and I said, "Pick any episode, and uh, we'll play it." And I get you, bet you there's gonna be saw come saw Kevin. And there was there was someone called Kevin in it. Like in the in the crew, or like you know, no, the like, like it could be like the. The killer's ex-boyfriend. There's always a character. There is more often than not a character called Kevin. Yeah. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I watched that movie. Not as good as the book. Has anybody else then been... Have you... Like, we've got through the trailers end of things. Has anybody been watching anything in particular this week? I finished... I finished Behind Her Eyes. Did you hear... Behind Her Eyes. Did you watch that that one? So, it's it's a limited series on Netflix. Six episodes. Bono's daughter is one of the lead actors in it. Uh, to be honest I absolutely absolutely fucking hated it until like until maybe three or four episodes in and then it starts like kind of you know coming together yeah and like and and I I would say last two episodes really 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 good and the way it ended was shocking like I would say like I, 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 I loved it and I'd recommend it but Maybe, but maybe it wasn't the right headspace. Maybe I was a little bit like, kind of like, oh, I don't want. That to sounds watch. like the reverse of the Game of Thrones horse meme, where it, like yeah. the start yes. of the series yes. is like really well drawn. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. You're dead right. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. But yeah, it's a, uh, uh. you really did. You hated it. Then it was kind of all right. Then it ended strongly. I loved it. I'd recommend it. This is the. <laughs> <laughs> What's it about? Um. Basically, a young woman, a single mother, goes out for drinks with friends. Her friend stands her up and she kind of gets fed up and she goes to leave. When she leaves, she bumps into this man. They kind of have a wee exchange. They end up having drinks together and chatting away. Uh, As they're leaving the bar or club, uh, they kiss. And he's like, oh, sorry, I can't do this. And kind of like runs off and she's all kind of like kind of well that was odd whatever but she she goes home she goes to work the next day and when she goes to work the next day she works in a gp she is the secretary of the gp and uh, when she goes in there it turns out the new doctor is the man she had kissed last night who is <gasps> Gasp. who is happily married to bono's daughter dun, dun, dun. oh my lord then she bumps into bono's, bono's daughter at some stage and they become friends so oh jesus yeah it's uh it's really really weird and honestly i think although like i did like it a lot it possibly could have been like either edited edited differently or just shorter i don't know but it's like i found it uh, emer Emer loved it my girlfriend loved it but um and my friends of mine absolutely loved it but i just found it a bit of a struggle but then the payoff was worth it basically hmm the payoff is worth it. That kind of is... That's how I view Shallow Grave. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head, but it's like, it was quite weird. But then the payoff at the end, like that ending is like probably my favourite ending of any movie ever. Have you guys seen Shallow Grave? It's uh, Danny Boyle. It was before he did Train Spotting. I want to say, that is, that, is Hugh McGregor in that as well? He's in that as well, yeah, with long hair. Yeah, like... I, and Christopher Eccleston is in it too. That's not the one with the... That's not the one with the... Um, 
I don't want to say this, and you can take this out of the the. the thing. Is that the one where the 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 diamonds or the gold or something was between the floorboards or? Yes, the yes. money was, was yes. in between, yeah. <laughs> and it was you and all along. So it's like the the villain switched from like him to her, and then it was you and had the last laugh, and it was hilarious. It's very very good. It's a famous movie, isn't it? It's a famous movie, right? It's fairly famous, I would say. Yeah. I really like Danny Boyle. Sometimes. Um, Sometimes. Do you do you, have a, do you well, not I like Danny Boyle? I don't know. Sometimes, like, I watched that movie, that space movie that he did. I can't remember the name of it. Sunshine. The one, yeah, Sunshine. And I liked it until the end. And I was It does like, go it odd in the end. I was like, mm, I don't know. I, that didn't really gel for me. I don't know. And, like, the beach was interesting, but I don't know if I loved it. Having said that, when he's good, he's amazing and Trainspotting is, like, one of my favorite films. I, I have I have a theory about Danny Boyle, and it's just going to play out over time. And I need like I require more data and more analysis before <laughs> I can make this statement, con- like entirely confidently. But Danny Boyle directed the uh, the opening ceremonies for the 2012 Olympics in London. He was the sort of what? creative director on that. Did not know and, that. And one of the things they did there was they introduced this sort of pixel notion where everybody standing in the crowds had this little screen that they could hold up and had a little light on it. Now, I don't know if it was sort of 2012, probably iPhones, cell phones are coming in at that point, like 2010. Yeah. But it, but it's basically a coloured screen. Okay. A little a little six-inch colour, whatever, that people could hold up or that was placed. So they could trigger... It's basically a pixel. They could run images around the whole stadium. That's so cool. And I think... Ever since he did the 2012 Olympics, there's a lot more consideration of light in his movies. Right, yeah. So if you think about the, like, yeah. the Steve Jobs movie he did, you know, there's so much flashing lights on stage and, and mm. lens flare. And, like, I think, he's playing, I think he's playing with light a hell of a lot more as an element in his images. But yeah. it's going to, you know, maybe he gets bored of that and moves on and it doesn't... Um, <laughs> Maybe it's never been a consideration. It's just something I've connected as a dot. Yeah, that um, could be. That does make sense. I think as well as his budget grows, he's got more like, you know, leeway to actually have good lighting or or different lighting and experiment. I suppose. Um. Did he direct? He directed yesterday, didn't he? The Beatles movie that's on Netflix. I think that sounds familiar. Yeah. I did not like that movie. It's not great, unfortunately. It's not great. It's it's a. I don't know if you saw it. Your guy falls off his bicycle and wakes up in a world where he's the only person that remembers the Beatles. <laughs> so he starts writing as many of the songs down as to he can. To be honest, I'm on board with the concept, own. but if it wasn't executed very well, like I haven't seen it, so Ed Ed, what's his name? Sharon ends up in his kitchen and it's just <laughs> oh, it's they so have like... a songwriting battle between Ed no Sheeran way. and. You know, the Beatles, sort of, essentially. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so <laughs> cringy. Yeah, I did not enjoy it. Danny Boyle, like, I wouldn't be the biggest fan of his movies to agree. Yeah. Twenty eight days later, great. <laughs> That's a yeah, zombie movies. Um, I, it's great. It's it's like Jaws in that it's a really it's an undeniable movie in the horror genre made by a great filmmaker and you kind of have to watch it eventually you, you don't have to do anything but like okay, it's fair. worth watching but it, it will scare the shit out of you or it will unsettle you or upset you um and it's got um, as you say the um, very attractive androgynous looking chris 
forgot his name. I've blanked. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Um, I don't think it's the wrong thing to say. I think he's very like, like me. Me and Emer always talk about like, say, if we're watching a movie, we could be like, um, I try and think of an example. Is it, is it Glenn Close who's in House of Cards, for example? Who's in House of Cards? As Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Robin Wright is a handsome woman. Like she's very attractive, and she's handsome looking. You know, and you could say Mm. Killian Murphy is a very like attractive man but he's very beautiful looking do you know like i'm not saying like, I, I can understand that kind of how people associate like kind of masculine and feminine yes yes yeah. well you can have a handsome woman and you can have a beautiful man it doesn't have anything yeah. to do with like kind of say their how they identify or or kind of say their 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 preference or whatever i'm just saying mm-hmm. it in terms of like classically what is deemed beautiful i could apply it to that man or classically what well, it's deemed handsome i could apply it to that woman like she has a chiseled jaw she has like broad shoulders mm-hmm. blah blah and it's just like she and and they're very attractive they're a handsome woman and i don't i, I don't think that's a bad thing but uh yeah killian murphy is a beautiful man i think he is he, he yeah yeah i don't i probably shouldn't say it. every week i just talk about how beautiful men are in hollywood <laughs> mm. i mean that's fair it's a great statement <laughs> it is hollywood <laughs> luke evans we'll just give luke evans a shout out oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I'll also shout out Val Kilmer in his prime. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I like The Saint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Finally, somebody else is like, yeah, I actually really like that movie. It's yeah, fun. I loved it. Yeah. Did you watch that one, Aiden? I did. I saw The Saint. Oh, so long ago. Um, <laughs> I saw, I, I read a thing. I'm trying to remember now. I'm trying to remember something. So, look, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil The Saint here. The Saint opens with a fairly sort of strict militaristic boarding school environment and him being oh, yeah. a little thieving um, genius who gets the food for all the a other kids. A real genius, you could say. By, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> by by picking the lock of the food cabinet and, and, you know, getting a lot of praise, but his friend dies in the process. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's an accident and the kid falls downstairs. And apparently, in the original cut of The Saint, the female lead of the movie dies when they fall in the river. Not Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. No. <laughs> the effect of that on the original plot was to mirror mirror the experience he had as a youth where he was completely powerless and he could do nothing about that injustice and he was just shipped off to another boarding school and he fell into a life of sort of disassociative criminality. Mm-hmm. And this was a, supposed to be, I guess, a motivating thing where he then then turned on the people that had done this rather than run and be safe like he would have previously mm. he becomes the saint and he carries out his miracles and he fights injustice and whatever and and becomes batman basically and becomes batman yeah um and i remember hearing that and going oh that's kind of like that's kind of a cool like mirror for the character's trauma mm. um but like you can see why they tested that with an audience and went no let's not do it yeah it might be too yeah. writery you know, like a writer kind of yeah. indulges in that kind of thing, but mm. like personally, I'm I'm pretty happy she survived. <laughs> yeah, fair. I always associated the saint with um, the chameleon from the Spider. Like obviously the character in Spider Man, but the chameleon, the Spider Man cartoon. I was probably watching them more or less around the same time, and the chameleon was a guy. He used to have like a purple like top and big ghetto pads, and he had a grey face, like Voldemort type of face. And uh, he was a master of disguise, like the saint. And I always kind of associate the two. When I think of the saint, I always think of Spider-Man, the comedian. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
What I loved about the saint is like he pretended to be from a different country every time, so he had to like do a different accent. Yeah, fair, <laughs> yeah. The yeah. accents he does and the weird faces, it was <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> like it's a borderline comedy movie. I don't know if it can be totally do you know, but it's it's quite it doesn't take itself like super seriously, I don't think. Hmm. I don't know. No, it could be one we're, we're watching again because I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. It's one that like used to be on um used to be on RTE a lot. Yeah. Cuz RTE yeah. were cheap <laughs> bastards. <laughs> so, speaking of weird costumes, modoc faces and also subtle <laughs> yellow shoulder pads that are needed to be a master of disguise. Um I'm going to move us on to modoc. Um based on basically ludicrous character designs. <laughs> Looking at you, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first three episodes of Modoc. I don't know if you guys got through three of them. Yes. Um, okay. Well, you say that um, like it's a, a bad character- thing. Well, um, um, there's a moment in there where they like cut to a TV presenter, and he's like, I think his name is Master Pandemonium. And I looked at him and I went, "This is," and like he's got, "I've got demons for yes. hands," and he hits them off a table. Oh, and I looked yeah, at yeah. and went, "That's so fucking weird." How did they come up with that? And I went. That's just weird enough to be a real thing in a comic. And I went and I looked it up, and it is. Yeah. Really? There's a, there's a villain called Master Pandemonium, and he absorbs <laughs> the demon spirits of Wanda's children from WandaVision. So he's Mephisto. And they become his demon hands. Wow. The two kids are his demon. That's, and, wow. Um, so just cut to Wanda coming in like, Tommy, Billy! <laughs> so oh I think God. that's how... Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can see that. Wow. That is like very. I'm just and thinking of like, like Hacker and Dodge. <laughs> um. So that's how this ties into Wandavision. <laughs> uh, oh my God! It connects to the greater MCU. Dun, dun, yeah. Uh, that's where the kids are uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Oh God. They could be. They could be. Kree's onto something. <laughs> we might Multiverse. get a live action Modok with the. Uh, oh God! Pat that Muscle. would be so disturbing, though. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, like the robot chicken that. vibe works for it, I think. Yeah, you know, the yeah. animation. He be he's a bit too gross to try and do a live action <laughs> version of him, you know. <laughs> he's such a weird thing, isn't he? It's yeah. like he was always weird. Is though. it? Yeah. Even, mental even organism cartoon. designed only for killing. Yeah. It's like uh, it's. I think it's. I think it's a pretty cool concept that they're doing it as a show. Like, you could only ever do it as a comedy, really, though, because mm. it's just so ludicrous and that. Like, him himself. I love that he has to balance family and work life as well. They, they took a as real good like, approach. Evil yeah. genius. It's hilarious. Yeah. So you guys enjoying Modoc, yeah? I like it. Like, I'm not absolutely enamoured with it. Like, it's, it's not... Like, I, I wouldn't put it as one of my favourite shows, but I do enjoy watching it. I like the vibe of it. Like, I, I don't know if I necessarily, like, laugh out loud at it, but I, it does mm. have that comedic vibe that I just, I like. I'll vibe with it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I agree with Creed for sure. It's like, I, I think I really enjoy it when I'm watching it, but when I walk mm. away from it, it's like, yeah. it's fine. You know, it's good. And, like, maybe there was, a, like, a hearty chuckle kind of here yeah. and there. Um. But I, but I, I, but look, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and they probably had fun yeah. doing the show. You know, 
Would you have yeah. watched it if I hadn't said, let's talk about it on the podcast? Well, I had started watching the first episode and I got like halfway through and I was like, okay, that was a thing. <laughs> Do you know, I don't yeah. know if I had, if I would have continued watching it and that just could, could just be me, my attention span being absolutely like mm. tiny. <laughs> um, so it, it'd be hard pushed to get me to watch any show, you know, if I'm not hooked immediately. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's growing on me. I mean, I, I I don't know if I would continue. Like, if it was all up there, I'd probably watch all of it. But the fact that I have to like remember, like, I don't know if I would remember to watch if it, you know, because it comes out every week. Um, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, like if it if it was bingeable, yeah, I'd have got to the point already and be kind of hooked more. But because yeah. like the first episode is. So Modoc runs AIM, which is Advanced Idea Mechanics, which is a they, sort of comic that. thing. Yeah. I'm glad they have that in, like, the, the suits and stuff. Mm. You know, it's nice to see AIM represented. As, as <laughs> yeah, it's exactly, yeah, yeah. Is AIM mentioned at any point in the MCU? I don't know if they've been brought into it at all. Like, I can't recall. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. So the first episode, he's, like, he's bankrupted the place fighting... <laughs> Iron Man, who is voiced by Jim Cummins, who is Winnie the Pooh. Um, yeah, no that's way. funny, isn't it? Wouldn't it have been uh, hilarious had he done the Winnie the Pooh voice, though? Like, that would have, <laughs> like, elevated the comedy so much. So he, he bankrupted the place, and it gets bought out by Grumble. Yeah. Which is a sort of, I guess... Run by Beck Bennett of SNL. Google. Is that Beck Bennett? Yeah, it is. I recognised his voice. I was like, oh my god, is that Beck? Um, because he he actually voiced a character in the Mitchells versus the Machines. He was one of the robots. Um, and I was like, I bet you that's Beck Bennett. And it was, indeed. So he's he's a funny one. Nice spot. He's a funny one who's like been on SNL for like a long time now. Yes. <laughs> and he's always been like such a sort of generic looking white dude that I never yeah. remembered his name for so long. And I it's still forget I'm it. It's only because I'm like, well, I, I, I just, I kind of watch SNL a lot so like that's the only reason I'd remember but I totally get what you're saying yeah he's kind of he, he wouldn't necessarily take the spotlight a lot yeah and I don't know I don't think that he's not deserving of it I guess he just hasn't had the like breakthrough character or something to like yeah I mean he he was um he was Putin there and his Putin's great yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> He definitely elevates the sketches that he's in, and he is, and I think his voice definitely, um, totally works for the, the Grumble CEO guy. Um, yeah. The, the way he's like, oh yeah, I'm like a millennial guy, and I'm like the leader of this. You know, it's like so annoying, but so fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know. Um. And then the second episode, he's 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 lost the company. He's now an employee of Grumble. Mo- uh, aim is a subsidiary of Grumble. His wife leaves him by the end of the second episode, and he tries to win her back by going back in time yeah. to a concert. A concert, and I loved. I like, did love that joke. Who's who? Who's who was tank? And he's like, they're like the Beatles of the noughties, and he's like, who are the Beatles? They're like the Who was tank of the sixties. That, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, very funny. I, I definitely had the like moment where I was like, "Oh, they're traveling so far into the distant, distant past of 2004." <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
which we which I learned yesterday is about a year after you were born, Green. Ah, come on. No, no. Come on. I was way older than that. I was three. <laughs> yeah, wow. <well. laughs> 2004. I was 28. Damn. No, I'm not. No, you no. weren't 28. <laughs> you were 28. Yeah. Sorry, I just heard what? <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> 2004. 50? I was like 16? 16, I think. 16 maybe yeah the third episode and this is what i guess it leans into like what you were saying that like if it was there as a binge i'd be more interested in watching it because the third episode is this like company retreat where he bonds with the daughter and we get this first glimpse of like there's an alien agenda or something to get at <laughs> modok's technology so like okay there's an arc or there's something happening mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean there's I'll just um, I'll just add though, Melissa is played by Melissa Fromero um, of Brooklyn Nine Nine, Amy Santiago. Just want to put oh, that no out way. there. Yeah. Oh, awesome. She's very cool. very cool. Yeah, she is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice ca- the voice cast in it is good though. Like kind of the few. And Patton Oswalt, isn't he? Modoc. Modoc. I think he fits it so well. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great. Um... Ensemble. It's a great choice. Yeah, and it's a great cast. And um, is it Ben Schwartz as the son? Yeah. And he, he's the worst, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tell you, I could do without him. I, I don't know yeah. why I'm just... I I don't enjoy the, the sons. But does Ben Schwartz ever bring anything good to the table? I mean, John Ralphio in Parks and Rec is... See, I've not watched it. I've not watched it. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's the recommendation of the week is go and watch Parks and Rec, Kev. It's really good. I but I'm only on season two and I completely left it and forgot about it. I need to go back to it. Thank you yeah, for reminding I, me. I probably got this I probably I think when I watched it, uh is it Andy had hurt his leg and was like mm. living yeah. in a, living in a dump or something? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, well well this is this is gonna tangent us, but like season one of Parks and Rec is a slog. It's just it? not quite there. It's hard to get through, I think. Yeah. Having said that, though, I think Leslie, I think, is brilliant. And Amy Poehler is fantastic. Mm. And totally, like, the show, like, she carries everything, yeah. I think. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. But, but like, what I'm going on to say is season two, when they find out, when they really, like, work out what they're doing, it becomes great from then on. Like it, yeah. it really does build well, and the the characters sit into their roles really nicely. Because if it gets better, that's actually really good. Because I really enjoyed um, season one because I had I was really excited when the off the American Office came on Netflix. I was like, mm. oh great, I can finally start watching it, and I, I just it just didn't like hook me. Whereas Parks and Rec immediately yeah. hooked me, and I I I don't know what it was. I think there's a thing with um, the concept of like nice core comedy. Where uh, and I'm gonna forget his name, but like one of the the, one of the producers on The Office is one of the producers on Parks and Rec, and then Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then The Good Place as well. And if you watch that arc of those shows, like the first season of The Office really has that sort of bitter acerbic, like British carryover, where Michael Scott is really really hard to like, and you need to get to the point where you start to like him, and then all these characters start to like each other Mm. to continue on with it, and. Um, the first season of Parks and Rec has that um, that carryover as well, where it's just like Andy's a dick in season one, who is taking <laughs> yeah. advantage of his girlfriend and treating her like shit. Absolutely. Uh, Rashida Jones um, is character who I'm forgetting Anne. Um, she's 
she's very, very wary of Leslie because Leslie's this overpowering yeah. positive energy. Thing. But by the time you get into season two, they were like, no, we're just going to do like a nice show where people like each other. Yeah. Even if they're like, don't like each other, it's funny, but there is a like a heart to it. Yeah. Um, and Anne is like, because it went from season one to season two and suddenly Anne is completely convinced that Leslie is her best friend. And it's a weird switch to like, yeah make for that character it's really it's the biggest change she has where you're like do i believe this or is there an agenda going on here now she just wants the pit felt i was overthinking it it's just they decided to double down on everyone being nice so um two three four five of parks and rec go and watch those and enjoy okay perfect thank you <laughs> but modok i guess we have to wait and see yeah um i was but will we actually see though <laughs> Yeah, do you reckon it? Do you reckon it has legs to carry on more seasons? Maybe a hover chair. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... That's what we we're missing. That <laughs> quick wit, wit that me and Aiden are too old to have. <laughs> I was like hover chair, huh? Oh yes. <laughs> there was more lead in the atmosphere when I was growing up. I blame leaded petrol. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had leaded pipes that we drank our water from. What? See? No, we didn't. No, that's that's a lie. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, wait, did you like grow up in some like remote place where that rule didn't like? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's in the Midlands. Yeah, it is. It was. It was a reclusive. Yeah, yeah. We collected rainwater, leadless barrels, and uh, drank them. And you showered in them and went to another barrel down the down the road for the next family <laughs> your wheels were just big rocks <laughs> yes it was just yeah 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 i don't even know why we had to we had to run with our feet 90 percent of the time anyway we did have made things easier <laughs> it's, it's the midlands there's no hills <laughs> but um modok i actually really like modok i think it has a good yeah. angle i'm surprised that kind of it's gone as because i kind of figured it would just be like a very kind of like you know, comedy show kind of set within that that kind of comic book world, but it's like no, mm. they have his, they have aim bought over by those kind of like you know namaste tech guys that nobody likes. Uh, yeah, they have his. He has his family life, his daughter who is like him, and then his son who's not, and uh, his marriage falling apart. And I just, I just didn't really predict any of it going that way. And I think at least they kept it like interesting and different. Definitely. I really, really like the family angle. Yeah, yeah. The, see, the, th- like, the thing is, listening to you sell it, it's like I'm sold on it. Yeah. But watching it, it's just that little bit flatter, where it's like... Yeah. Maybe I thought it was going to be better than it actually was, but it's still definitely watchable. I think that's where yeah. I stand on it, probably. I think it looks so good, so it's hard not to kind of really want to like it. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I love the... um. Is it the super adaptoid? It's the like oh, the android yes. thing oh, I beside him. him. He's amazing. I absolutely love him. <laughs> That's such a like. It's, it's not even necessarily a deep cut from Marvel comics, but it's like an element that they clearly went. Mm, <laughs> we're just gonna leave that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that they made him be the ladder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like this super adaptoid could do like practically everything for you, but no, you have him as the ladder. It's brilliant. But then at least in episode three, he's like, I don't do floors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Look, the thing is, we're laughing about it. The show, the That's show kind of, I think it's just maybe it's one of those things that we're just, 
I think it's one of those things that will grow on us, but like you can look yeah. back and be like, it's pretty funny. You know, the, the things p- worth pointing out are worth pointing out. The one guy loses his arm, he still, his, oh, his arm is gone, best. and it's just hilarious. <laughs> or like when the super doctor is like, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. He's a great character. And they're awful. They refer to him like, oh, the milk, this this smoothie maker is broken again. I know. Oh, so awful, you know? Yeah, he's a brilliant character. Oh, yeah, it's funny. It's uh, I guess it's I guess it's a wait and see. Like I I remember yeah. when the first season of Futurama came out, it was such a slow turnaround time of production for Futurama that like right. they made ten episodes and they played those ten episodes over and over and over oh, again. No. I just did not care for Futurama until there was three seasons of it, and suddenly you've got this breadth of content that you can bounce yeah. around and yeah, fair. Like if I had to see the moon base episode of Futurama from season one, <laughs> one more fucking time, I. Like, yeah, I really didn't like it. But by the time I'd seen it seven times, but is that it the speaks one the, to my mindset that I watched it seven times. Is that the one with the weird, the, the weird rancher and his robot daughters? Yeah. Yeah, stay away from my robot daughters. <laughs> Have you seen that, Cree? No. No, don't worry about it. I've seen, I, I know it's on Disney Plus now and I watched the first episode and I, I like, I've, it's been in my periphery and I, I probably would like it, but I just... I, again, I just need the motivation to actually keep watching it. There's, there's so the much episode. stuff to watch. Like you know, um, if you if you do get into Futurama, it's it's a fun show and it yeah. has a lot of. Fun. Like I enjoyed um, the first episode. I just forgot to keep going. Yeah, I I remember at one stage absolutely loving it, uh, and I fell out of favor with it. I can't remember why. I what did it get? Did it get a little bit too sentimentally with like Fry and Leland or different things, and it was a little bit like too. It was like the, sh- the show, like, if it had took a sentimental kind of more, like, it's a wacky cartoon drama, dramedy, or whatever, that would have been fine, but it just kept on flip-flopping, and I just didn't know what it was. Mm. What it was. I, I think I can, I think I can explain that. Um, it finished, It whether it got cancelled or whether it just was like, we're done after four seasons, and it ended on this, like, really sentimental Fry and Leela, is there hope for them as a couple kind of moment, mm. and then it got renewed. And they did, they did like three standalone kind of feature length things. And then it got renewed as a series. And it's like, they kept trying to hit high emotional notes Mm. because they weren't sure whether it was coming back or not at each stage. Mm. So it became kind of like unsure of its own tone or what tone it was trying to hit, you know, whereas, you know, the, the original couple of seasons had this complete arc of wacky not even that they were necessarily planned out but the way it worked out they embraced the wackiness and said oh we're finishing let's give it a really nice happy end end to it yeah Yeah. Um, and they did Um, so I guess the the verdict on MODOK is you know we're what we're 50-50 on it like wait and see watch some more of it the verdict is it's watchable yeah (laughs) god (laughs) She's too good. Fire her. Strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> the Verdock. I love it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's a great, great thing. That we should have the Verdock section where we give our Verdock a Modoc. Anyways, carry on. I, I, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think that is where I stand. And simple, but that's it. I think for me. Yeah. Fair. Agreed. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it as long as they're making it, I reckon. 
Well, yeah. that, that's a, that's a perfect segue to Jupiter's Legacy. Um, they <laughs> they cancelled Jupiter's yeah. Legacy. Yeah, I saw that. I still haven't seen it. Like I tried. I remember you guys were talking about the podcast and uh, on here about like the first episode and how the sun was like shining through his fake beard, mm. Um, mm. and because he was backlit. So I just I went to the first episode, watched it until then, and turned it off. And that that's my fair, um, fair. the that's extent of seconds. my experience. Fair. You, <laughs> but you, you, you see what we were talking about, though, right? Yeah. The minute you're like, oh. I mean, to to me, like just from the promotional images and stuff, like I know things have to be like comic book accurate. I don't know what the comics were like or anything, but the the costumes to me are a bit like, I don't know. I prefer kind of slightly understated hero costumes, like real world stuff. I just prefer, you know, like you know, Winter Soldier, Captain America, you know, mm. like more kind of practical, yeah. Whereas the stuff there is kind of like you know, magazine-worthy stuff, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> just no, but, that probably yeah. sounds really, like, bitchy or something. No, not at all. I think, I, I think I agree with you 100%. I think you're right, you know? And then when you when you look at the, when you look at the, or sorry, when you look at the book, say, the comic and things, yeah, that stuff kind of works because they're going for, say, a particular look, you know, like as in the, yeah. golden, the golden era stuff in the book is really nice, and I love the costume design. I'm not as enamored by the more contemporary stuff in the book because it's like, superheroes look like that all the time anyways nowadays but i do th- yeah. i do think you're right like the, I, I i yeah the practical or the tactical more practical look is better and the movie kind of loses that a bit or the tv so kind of yeah i wasn't mad in the costumes how they did them so, so that, that's yeah. a that's a good point i guess is i think Cree's trying to say bring back all the satchels and patches and all the stuff that they had in the nineties, bring them all back. More mid ninety mid nineties excessive utilitarianism. Yes, more sure. more patches, <laughs> more bags. The boys definitely goes full superhero, right? I still mm-hmm. haven't seen that either. I'm just... That's okay. Where, where is that available? Again, I that's forget. Amazon. Yeah, see, I don't have that. That's why I have yeah. an excuse. I have a decent excuse this time. <laughs> that's no, that's that's completely fair, and like. You're also allowed the to boys, not watch the boys goes full superhero costume as well. So what line? I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just raising a question: is like what is what's going on between these two shows that it doesn't work in Jupiter's Legacy, but it does work in the boys? Jupiter's Legacy, I think, goes a little bit too far in terms of the like, like the the color tones, the hair, the makeup. It's a, it's too it's been extravagant. Yeah, yeah. It's too theatrical. It's too extravagant. Because I can find that hard to take seriously. Do you know, to, to actually get invested in the story, I'm just too busy being like, you're going around your pajamas on kind of. You know? Yeah, fair. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because we can watch stuff like Spider-Man and not have issue with it. So yeah. it is, to her, it, is pr- it must be production values. There, there's something about um, uh, Leslie Bibb's costume in that show. Um, and you, you'll see it in the production images. Is Whatever. she the matriarch? Yes. Okay. And she, yes. the, she's the, the one blue bodysuit yeah. looks like she's wearing a one-piece swimsuit. Yeah. So it looks kind of like, at at the same time, like overproduced and at the same time, you know, a Halloween costume. Yeah, she, I wasn't feeling that from that. Yeah. Yeah, see, I kind of, I don't, I didn't even mind her as much. I think it's Jason DeMal, is that his name? Timothy Oliphant. Less <laughs> less attractive Timothy Oliphant, but um, but also attractive in his own way. Go go him. You know, I'm sad that these people didn't have um, 
you know, kind of like a good stab of it, you know, I was kind of hoping, you know, they get some of that. I always liked, like, like the two main characters, Leslie and Jason. It's like Josh, kind of, Josh, Josh, God, God, I don't even know his name. Um, uh, like it's like they're, they're actors. Them. They're actors I've seen for ages are on TV and stuff, and it's just like go ye, go ye, and do something cool. Isn't Anakin Anakin Skywalker's voice actor from the Clone Wars is on it as well, isn't he? What's his it. name? I oh, I need to look this up. Now. Matt Lucas yeah. is his name. Yes. I think that's him. Matt Lucas? Yeah, it's the only reason I know that is because I thought Matt Lucas from Little Britain did voice Anakin Skywalker for years. Or, or so- <laughs> I'm just imagining it. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> the only Jedi in the village. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the yeah. only Jedi in the village. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm looking it up now. It's Matt Lanter. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh-huh, okay. And... In Jupiter's legacy, he was he was a person called drumroll George. His, his George. brother, right? Okay. So you have George is the, the rich friend, right? Or is George uh, Skyfox? I think so. Skyfox. <laughs> um, if if that was it should George, be Skywalker Fox, though. In fairness, if yeah. that was George, he was great. He was. If that's who it was, he was great. He was one of my favorite things in the show. You see, I think there was some beats that were nice, but we won't get into it because Cree haven't watched it, and and it's fair enough. It's been I mean, canc- you can spoil it if you want. I mean, I'm not well, no, too look, much to watch it. <laughs> the um, season two was cancelled, so they're not making yeah. a season two. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it because of the the book is out there, and the book is worth reading. Fair, okay, thank you. It's a fun four-issue comic or four-issue graphic yeah. novel, whatever you call it. But yeah, cool. Actually, I, I don't have a lot of experience with comics. I really need to get into them more. But my problem is I need to start at the very beginning or not at all. But it's like so. No. But what I mean by beginning is like when the when Marvel started, like issue one, I want to like, you know, because I want if I'm going to consume it, I want to consume all of it chronologically and, you know, and in release date. But nah. So, so the only comics gonna, you're going to need actually... to come to terms with the fact that that's not happening. It's not. Uh, no, I know exactly. <laughs> God, so like I kind of even having grew, like, Aiden and I would have grown up reading uh, X Men, for example, right? And we were talking about recently. It's just like because I haven't read an X Men comic. I don't know how long. Maybe ten years, you know. But it's just like, mm-hmm. where do I start? Even as someone who yeah. read it, I don't know where to start. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's, that's my problem but exactly. Even I got. Um, I got Marvel. I subscribed to Marvel Unlimited. There's like uh, yeah. they were doing a sale, so it's like sixty euro for the year, and it's just all of Marvel's catalog, you know. And you just like I went right. Um, Chris that Claremont is famously the the X Men run, you know that he he wrote the thing for twenty years. It's the most consistent. It hit the Phoenix stuff. It hit the Shiar stuff. Um, and I went back to his like first issue, and I'm like this is so different from even the X-Men that I knew, you know, like the, there's so many different phases and, and and waves of the stuff that like you really, at least are trying to get into comics. Like you could just start buying and jump into new stuff. Well, honestly, could... like I am right now, I'm trying to finish Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm on season nine of that because it continued after season seven into comics. Um, cool. oh, so okay, I'm cool. on to that but I also have to read Angel Angel and Faith I'm reading that simultaneously and Willow as well so I'm like going through a that's of, all was that, um, that was that Dark Horse or IDW yeah well I think it was Dark Horse anyways I'm pretty sure yeah. to be honest Dark Horse are like 
that was one of the things yeah. I was I was reading comic books you know say Marvel for X amount of years and then it came to the point I was reading Moon Knight and I finished reading it like I read the Moon Knight arc but I felt very overwhelmed by um, the Marvel Universe at the time they were doing a lot of cross- crossover stuff I was a broke ass student I couldn't afford it <laughs> so I jump shipped and I went to Dark Horse and I love Hellboy I love the Goon I love all these books Umbrella Academy star wars yeah. alien yeah they did a lot of different things but they're just they're a great one and I, it's kind of like i always felt like if i if a book looked somewhat interesting and it was dark horse i was just like also if you're a horror fan they're a great they're a great publisher but yeah yeah it's an interesting one i saw somebody point out that like if you go back to the 70s marvel had a wider range of genre available you know they weren't a superhero right. publisher they were a comic book publisher but it has Simba so you would watch yeah. dracula and werewolf by night or read dracula and werewolf by night and get your conan the barbarians and your um star wars comics all under the marvel banner you know and at the moment it does very much feel like you're you're living in a spider x-man iron man avenger world you know they don't yeah, have much for sure I, I could be wrong but that's a great shout, Cree, because I never got past the TV series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that ran oh for God, seven dude, seasons? Well, yeah, it yeah, it went for seven seasons, but it goes on to season 12 in comics. But then also cool. Angel and Faith have a spin-off um, mm-hmm. where they team up in, in London. And then there's also Willow has a spin-off. In the comics. Her, like, yeah, in the comics and, the, and like... You know, it's all to do with like the you know the Slayer side and all magic and stuff. And it season yeah. eight is wild on Tanya. Um, a lot of people don't so like who, it. Who I was, personally do you know who it. was writing season eight? Um, I don't know. Carry but just, on for a while? Yeah, he was. He's definitely like credited in the comics as like you know he was involved with the story and stuff. I mean, he's a prick in real life, but he's good at what he does. Unfortunately, he's <laughs> a so prick. yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the only reason that I still love Buffy the Vampire Slayer is because it's totally an an ensemble thing to put on. That's what filmmaking is. Mm. It's you know, so the actors and the crew members and the other writers, like you know, it's interesting it's, 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 it's though. It's okay to Cree, not to interrupt you. Yeah. yeah. What genre would you say Buffy is? That's the thing. That's what's that's what I love about Buffy. It's like comedy, fantasy, horror. Horror. You said didn't like Action. horror. Yeah. No, I'm fine with comedy horror though. Okay. Like it's a vibe. It's the vibe. Like I watched Misery, and it's not gory or anything, but I was like, "Oh my terrifying. goodness, I terrifying. can't!" And I was like, um, "But then I watched like Shaun of the Dead. Absolutely fine. It's brilliant. Mm. Deadpool is like kind of gory. Simple as and well. sincere human suffering is no good. I can't <laughs> so, deal with it. You know? you're, so I love Buffy. Buffy's my favorite show. Okay, so yeah, okay, awesome. You are a big Buffy fan, then. So yeah. you remember the episode of Buffy, and I would was I would imagine it was like maybe two or could it be season one but two or three seasons in right where there was they were in a hospital and oh there was that that uh, monster that was going around for kids yeah yeah that one that gave me I nightmares mean, it so, wasn't very like pleasant but it's still like i was fine with it you know that gave me really bad nightmares at the time when i watched it and like I would, like, yeah. you know, that's someone who likes horror and watched horror and has not got nightmares from that's horror one of the creepiest ones and then also season so four scary. is the gentleman where they stole everybody's voices. That's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant episode. Um, and then. Sorry, I think a woman called Sarah Ann Murphy, uh, Irish woman, wrote a lot of the episode. Oh, brilliant! Fair play. Yeah, she was she was my scriptwriting lecturer in college, and I think she was she definitely she definitely wrote Buffy. She one hundred percent wrote Buffy, and I'm pretty sure amazing. we asked her what episodes, and she said one of them. But that might have been fact. So amazing because Hush is like one of the like, you know, pillars of 
the episodes when the stand it's like up there when people mention like once more with feeling which is the musical episode and then hush is another one that stands out or like the body from season five like uh, yeah, sorry i could go on about buffy i'll probably no. like should you, you, <laughs> you, you, what's, the, what's the body in season five the body is well i don't i know buffy's been out for a while it's okay to it's spoil, yeah. 1995 yeah. yeah yeah so um buffy is when joyce so the body is when joyce dies and they're like in the so Joyce so has died. Buffy walks in to find, um, just walks into her house and just finds that her mother has died of natural yeah. causes. Yeah, that was the episode before. And so after, so she's like, mummy or whatever. And then it cuts. And then so the next episode is the body then. And it's the aftermath of that. And so it's like, you know, she literally is just like walking around. It's filmed completely differently to the rest of the series. It's just all about how this is affecting Buffy and Dawn and the rest of the Scoobies. And it's so heartbreaking. It's really like... It's okay. so sad. Like okay, she literally, wow. and Sarah Michelle Gellar was wonderful in it. And like, so there's this part where she literally is just like walking around her house. She just vomits on the floor and then just like keeps walking in a daze because she's just complete. Like, it's just so well done and it's really heartbreaking. And yeah, that's it, one of the. It's great because it like, it kind of upends the sort of surreal kind of like violence and, and yeah. action of that world and presents mm-hmm. a really normal human version of you know death. a teenage girl encounters death yeah and the, the, the super heroics goes out the window yeah this that, girl just lost her mother that's really really fascinating that would be that would, would that be that's considered one of the better episodes of the buffy lore right oh totally yeah and like mm. you know when she goes and tells dawn she has to go into school and like tell her and it's like you know you just see from the window dawn just breaking down mm. and it's just it's so sad but it's brilliant. It's a masterful episode. Like favorite Buffy character? Oh, I love Tara and Oz and Spike. I love I love Oz, and I felt he always got a raw deal. He wasn't in it enough. Yes, absolutely. There should have been more Oz. He comes back in spoiler alert in season eight in the comics, so that yeah. might be worth a little read to I, see I, how I think, he got on. I think I think Seth Green's an example of somebody who was just like he was. He was making moves, you know. He was getting that old swim going, you know, like <laughs> yeah. He, he he didn't leave the show. He I don't think he was underused in the show so much as he wasn't available. Yeah. Okay, fair, fair. But yeah, he, was, he be, still should have be been used more though, and I would have loved more scenes between him and Buffy actually, mm. because I think they had a like a cool. So they could have had a cool relationship because she's hilarious yeah. and he is hilarious as well. Like, so yeah. so Oz, Spike, and Tara. Who's Tara? Willow's girlfriend. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. She was evil yeah. at first, wasn't she? And then they kind of... Oh, no, no. It was her death that caused Willow to go evil. Tara was oh. the saint. She was the nicest character in the entire oh, series. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's been years since I watched it, but okay, interesting. Yeah. And it's another example of a of a very real moment breaking its way into the fantasy thing where it's yeah. just it's just teenage gun violence, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was Warren, asshole, yeah. um, going to shoot Buffy. He shoots Buffy and he shoots, uh, like, one of his bullets goes amiss wow, through the yeah. window, through Tara's shirt, right in front of Willow, in their bedroom. And she's just like, your shirt. And then she collapses and then that's it. And then Willow just, like, loses it and goes full on dark. It's pretty amazing. And Alison Hannigan is an amazing actor. Like, not to be underestimated. Like, when she cries, like, it's so real. Yeah, she's mm. brilliant. When when was it when like a guy was introduced and he was some? I think obviously it must have been when um, Angel left the series. A guy was introduced and he was like a cyborg. 
Oh, like he was like a love interest. Adam, the, yeah, the big bad of season four was Adam. He was um, he was not the best big bad. What was the name of the organization that was like a it was like it a was government monster hunting group, the initiative, the initiative under the under the college campus? Yeah. Um, and they were like unaware of the Slayer lore, and they were and just Riley was like, her boyfriend. Who was yeah. her boyfriend? Riley. Wait, most of us tend to forget about him. So there was there was some guy in Dublin who all of like this was the period of time where episodes would air in the states and then there would be a lag before it got over to Ireland. Ah, buffering. So there was some guy in the states or some guy in Dublin who had probably a cousin with a video recorder or you know what I mean like or a decent <laughs> internet connection and they would record half dozen episodes of Buffy half dozen episodes of Angel oh my and gosh. he would rent a room in Wynn's <laughs> Hotel on Abbey Street charge admission that and you'd go in on a Saturday and watch 12 episodes of Buffy and Angel Amazing. and so I saw that those seasons in like a so room full of people mental. that is and so like, wonderful when uh, Once More With Feeling came out like they had ripped the soundtrack burned 20 or 40 cds and were like selling them at the event as well i think i still have that somewhere heroes um, not all heroes wear capes that is that's fantastic. it yeah but it was great seeing those like the difference between seeing something on your own and seeing something with an audience yeah when riley got on a helicopter and fucked off out of the series forever <laughs> Did you cheer? the room burst into applause yeah <laughs> the room was so glad to be rid of him and when you go back and watch it he was like he's kind of just a nice dude like he was, and, he was like and then he completely looking actor yeah he was nice in season four like i actually liked him in season four and then he just like went into just complete like you're kind of being a dick now you know <laughs> there was there was always a ch- every time people spotted drusilla's name in the credits there was like a big cheer in the room Juliet like, Lando, people were just yeah. really happy with Drusilla. yeah she's um, <laughs> You're just looking at his face, going, "Oh, that guy." <laughs> he's he's just like a diluted version of Nathan Fillion. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, Actually, you're, Nathan Fillion. If you're a it. big um, Buffy fan and the likes, have you watched uh, Doctor Horrible? No, what's that? Doctor Horrible Sing Long Blog. Oh, I love it. It's Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion, and it was created by Josh and Whedon. Felicia Day. What was uh, Doctor Horrible? Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Yes, I'm Felicia Day. Yeah, sorry. Um, so it was the writer's strike of 2007, I think, 2006, 2007. Nobody fantastic. was allowed to make any television content oh under gosh. union rules. So Joss Whedon and a bunch of people sitting around went, well, let's make this little web series. And they made this, they made Dr. Horrible. And it's, I probably really like that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I yeah. love it. And I still listen to the... To the to the music or to the soundtrack so yeah do check it out anybody who hasn't seen it check yeah. it out I've tried to show people and they've hated it yeah absolutely I can see it. that too I, no. I I love it it's, I love it I love it but maybe it's just check it out I recommend checking it out yeah definitely I, 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 I was shown it late and I didn't get it <laughs> I don't I don't get it people did I show love you? it I didn't show you it no. No. no that seems but... to be people's opinion on like Napoleon Dynamite do you know, like mm, a lot okay. of people seem to be like, mm, no, like I absolutely love it, but I was talking to this person and they were just like, I don't, I don't get it at all, and I'm like, yeah. no, it's genius. I think Napoleon Dynamite had its day, and I enjoyed it. Ten years later, rewatching it, would I maybe would I enjoy it as much? I don't know. I think it was probably one of those things that was over memed. Everybody had a yes, book for Pedro T-shirt. Definitely, it's over memed. Mm. <laughs> 
Even I secretly wanted a Vote for Pedro t-shirt, but I was too edgy to get one. Oh. Too cool. Stay on I brand. Will. Wear black. <laughs> Don't. Grow, grow beard. Top knot. Yeah. <laughs> grow beard. Top knot. Be a vegan. Don't show anybody any sort of uh, true personality. One second. All right. Well, let's round out the, the, the Buffy talk. Yes, with, I'm sorry. Uh, the comics are good. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this great. Like, we, we haven't we really totally addressed a lot there. of comic book stuff. <laughs> comics are good. You like the art? The, the Buffy ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really like them. There's this um, George Gentry, I think, is, is his name. Um, okay. He's probably my favourite artist from them. I, I really like the style of it. Um, the line art is cool. Um, this is all kind of mini season eight. Like, they do sort of go into more kind of, like, thin lines, kind of, for some of them. You know, like, they're, you can tell they're saving the, the really good artists for, like, the really important you know issues and stuff and then you know for filler ones it's like you know someone went like that instead of like proper line art but you know okay well then let's move on to sweet tooth because we're coming off the comics thing i've never read the comic of sweet tooth i knew nothing about it going into it um same you've never read the comic i thought you had read the comic that's why you were recommending it no i like i just reckon the author of the comic is really really good and um, what's his name? Jason, I want to say Lemire or Letour. Je- Jeff, Jeff Lemire. I always get, there's, there's two lads that have the same name. Jason's Josh's and Jeff's confuse you. Yes. Jason's Josh's and Jeff's, oh my. Yeah. Jesus. Niels, Niels and Niles also confuse me. Yeah. That's understandable. <laughs> I used to always get Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon and Brad Pitt mixed up <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> For some reason, I have no idea why. Hmm. Hmm. What, who do I get mixed up? There's loads, I'm sure. I can't think. There's a load of just white guy faces that are pretty, pretty yeah. interchangeable in Hollywood movies. It's like all Gosling those, like that guy, that guy in Baby Driver and then Fault in Your Stars. Is that the same person? It's the same person, yeah. Oh, who knows? Who knows? They're all but then gross. who's the guy They're that all played gross. Han Solo? That's um, Alden Ehrenreich. So Alden Ehrenreich and Alton Elgort. Ansel Elgort, yeah. Or okay. different people. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't even know who. They, I, I know. I, I watched Han Solo. I just didn't know who that guy was. I thought he did a really good job, actually. Solid movie, I think. Completely unnecessary, but cool. That movie. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? You're a big Star Wars fan. I don't know, man. That is like the toughest question. <laughs> I just, I just really enjoy watching them. I guess, but what were you gonna say, say? If you, if you were like, you know, you're just coming home, you're like in the mood for Star Wars, you were gonna stick one on. Would you, would you just be like, ah, oh, just hard to start, or? I would. I mean, usually I do it chronologically, but um, I mean the originals. When I was growing up, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. I think just because of the creature effects and like, I just thought. What? They were cool. No, not necessarily even the Ewoks. Just Jabba's palace was like, whoa, there's so many people and they're all different and they're all aliens. This is so cool. You know, um, and I loved Luke's green lightsaber as well. Um, so that does hold like a special place or whatever. But um, now now it's at the point where I'm like, all of the originals, brilliant. Uh, I think Revenge of the Sith is, is fun. And just watching the prequels for the meme quality is, is, is great. I was just I was gonna ask you because like kind of I used to work with a chap who who was a big who 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 said he was a big Star Wars fan and stuff and when I asked him his favorite Star Wars movie he said Revenge of the Sith and he said those prequel movies are the best ones 
and like kind of I've never really heard say a Star Wars fan say that as such <laughs> obviously uh, if it depends on like how you, you know you grow up and it's it's what ones yeah, you're yeah. exposed to first it is because like a lot of people in my generation absolutely like revered the the prequels and they're like this is these are amazing I don't think they're amazing I think they're worth watching and they're fun and I really I think I see them as like kind of legends brought to the screen and I really like having a look at what the Jedi were like before there were no Jedi when you know in Luke's time so I thought that was cool and I think the Clone Wars makes it better the TV show the Clone Wars makes the prequels look better than they are maybe Filoni Um, has been redeeming those prequels absolutely and Ahsoka Tano has been like a wonderful addition to the Star Wars universe and makes us care about Anakin I think that's that's it I think there's there's an element of like they have to do so much in the Clone Wars show <laughs> to make us think Anakin's a decent, yeah. charismatic <laughs> character who's struggling. So that by the time we watch Revenge of the Sith, we're just like, yeah, he's, it's, it, he's been pushed to the edge at this point. So he's yeah. feeling really two-dimensional for these two hours. Yeah, I don't really I... like those prequel movies. I remember see, uh, being quite buzzed for them when uh, at the time. Um, it was like 1999 and I was 46, I think. And I was collecting all the Kellogg toys in the cereals and magazines and all that kind of stuff. And uh, my dad had a beach towel from the 70s. This is a real Grandpa Simpson type story, which takes me back to the time my dad had a beach towel of Star Wars in the 70s. But basically, he he was also a Star Wars enthusiast to a degree. Mm. I'm sure he still has that beach towel. But... um. It was used. Was it times. was it like a six foot beach towel, or was it like like one of the like larger sort of almost like a picnic blanket type? Of no, no, it was more bath towel, beach towel thing. You know? Right. Um, Did you have hand towels to complete the set? No, 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 no. Okay. And it, it had a hole in it, but anyways, whatever. So we were collecting loads of different things, you know, Star Wars wise mm. and pullouts in magazines and like you know like this ship is like this, this is the inner workings, all that BS, and. Um, <laughs> Then I went to see the movie, and I remember coming out and my dad saying like, "Oh, it's like I, was, I think I asked him like, oh, did you like it or something? I can't remember." But uh, his his opinion, his takeaway thing from it, you know, was eventually, anyways, that I was like, it was too shiny and too futuristic to be a prequel to a movie that didn't look yeah. as good. And I think that was kind of a little bit of a an extremely valid point there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was an oversight or an undersight. I don't know the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of rationalize it in my head by thinking. Oh, it was the time before the Empire, so everything was better, and I think they're trying to glorify, you know, the Republic and stuff. So that's how I rationalise it, but yeah, I completely understand. Um, Yeah, I think they're enjoyable sometimes, you know, when you're in the right headspace, but like, you know, the the dialogue, especially the romantic dialogue, um, I hate sand, it's coarse, it's rough, it's irritating, it gets everywhere, and then I'm like, okay, Anakin, (laughs) okay. There's moments where I watch a film and you come into a shot and it's like people around a dinner table and somebody goes, and of course that's why the business was going to fail and it was always going to fail. And uh, yes, of course, it's such a weird sentence fragment moment. And you're like, this is a 10 second shot. And then we move to a different place. And it's like, did they like, did they shoot a larger scene or did they just have him sit down and say this weird fragment and have him try and bring the emotional weight to that two, li- you know, that short line. You know, it's like, how do you shoot these completely disjointed moments yeah. and approach them as an actor to bring yeah. weight and what to it? And a lot of the times it works and you don't even notice it. 
these Star Wars movies have a lot of those moments where it's like, this didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hayden He's Christensen, saying, in fairness, had his work cut out for him with a lot of the dialogue. <laughs> yeah. It's like Tommy Wiseau. You know, the whole scene in the room, I did not, I did not hit her, I did not, oh, hi, Mark. It's just like, <laughs> did, I, did I interrupt something? <laughs> you tearing me apart, Lisa. Yeah. I says to Mabel, I says, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so Star Wars, you're you, so yeah, you you they're all they're all your favorites. You like them all. Well, I I mean I like them all, but the originals obviously for me are like yeah. the pinnacle of like everything, <laughs> you know, and everything else is like just a bonus, I suppose. Like I I would like growing up, I do remember like school summer holidays and it's like I'd buy like or I'd get a book out of the library of like a Star Wars novel, and I would sit in my back garden and read these things, and I would be thinking. I would I would finish one of those books or put it down and just go, God, I wish there was more Star Wars, but alas, yeah. there is not. You know, like I, I was definitely like yeah. there was this sort of sense of longing for like more of this world. Mm. Yeah. And then then I then I then I got it and I was like, ugh. No thanks. You can you can take it back. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. personally, I how, think how the... did you, how did you forget what you did over here? <laughs> I know. Like I would have. I actually think now I haven't read any of the books or anything, but I think the. The original canon like the legends now where like mara jade and you know um the three kids you know jaden what jason jaina and anakin do you know i think hmm. that canon seems a lot more cool sort of than what actually happened you know afterwards yeah. just personally i don't know anakin has like brothers and sisters jason and yeah sorry there leia and han had kids three kids who has kids who han and leia there was jason jaina and anakin Right, and they go to Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy. Yeah, Han. Oh, what they called one Han of kids. and Leia had children, and they called one of them Anakin after Darth Vader, after yeah. her father. Yeah, who blew up Alderaan or whatever. But he went redeemed. better in the last minute. How how did he get redeemed? He was facing death, and he was just like that shit stuff I did. I've done. Yeah, I know. No, I know. <laughs> Ironically, I think it was Jason who Little went... Anakin, you are named for a child-murdering, <laughs> genocidal... Ironically, though, it wasn't priest. Anakin who went to the dark side. I think it was Jason. <laughs> uh, like, there, there's a whole... Ironic. There is whole, like, extended lore around all of this yeah. stuff that they then just threw out. Yeah. Who was and... Kylo Ren's parents? Hmm? Who was Kylo Ren's parents? Oh no! This is before he ex- he existed. Yeah, like Han and this Leia. is all like um, prior to the sequels coming out and being announced. There was like there were these books and expanded lore about what happened to Luke. There is like Splinter of a Mind's Eye between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, you, you haven't know, read these? No, I haven't. <laughs> but you know everything about them. I don't know everything. I just know enough. <laughs> well, you could tell me anything, and I believe you because I don't know anything at all. <laughs> So it well, sounds like you know uh, everything. <laughs> if you've seen, if you've ever seen like Star Wars artwork with this um like red-haired Jedi, um that was Luke's wife Mara Jade, and she used to be Palpatine's apprentice. Okay. And then you know they. And uh, just out of curiosity, uh, who was killed on Felucia in Revenge of the Sith? Isla Secura. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Jedi Isla Secura, you know. Yeah. We saw it in the movie, Kev. It's in a movie, yes. <laughs> to yes. be fair, she's yes. in the Clone Wars as well, but I'm still not finished the Clone Wars. I'm only on season three. I like Kit Fisto. Oh, he is the best. 
But then they totally like murdered him and like the war. I mean, like he was so quick to die though. <laughs> yeah, he was. That's what I like though. Like kind of like I don't really like. Uh, I like the first, like the proper first three Sours movies. I like Rogue yeah. Squadron or Rogue Leader, whatever that one's called. Rogue One. I don't Rogue know one. that one. Frequently misspelled as Rouge One, but anyways. What was it? It's frequently misspelled online. People always are like Rouge One. It's Rogue. That's Rogue. Yeah, you don't you don't want to watch Rouge Squadron. That's a completely <laughs> different movie altogether. But um, but uh, yeah, like I would like you know I like I like Rogue Squadron or Rogue One, uh, and a different and like you know Force Awakens was a nice kind of. Yeah. Uh, first step back into that kind of whole world but they god my god did they botch and uh, you know Solo was kind of fun but they botched the rest of them so bad I hate them well, and I left a bitter taste in my mouth and I kind of don't like Star that's, Wars that's, and I that's a lovely say, way to bring us into but I always say I always say I always say bring out more Star Wars movies bring out this stuff because like at the yes. end of the day I get Star Wars visuals and I love yeah. them and they don't have to be great and they'll never take away for the first ones but the last Star Wars movie they're was... definitely I, I absolutely love like the Mandalorian and the way Ahsoka's getting a live action show and there's going to be the book of Boba Fett I'm really looking forward to all this stuff like their Disney plus Star Wars content is fantastic I think are you watching the Bad Batch? No, I can't because I'm only on season three of Clone Wars and I have to watch Clone Wars first before fair, I watch Clone Wars. <laughs> Aiden, you were going to segue into something there. I was. Um, <laughs> and I've completely become confused. Um, no, there, there was a J.J. Abrams quote this week, I think. I'm trying to bring us back onto the current news that will eventually get us back to our topic, which was um, Sweet Tooth. Yes. But, um, <laughs> oh, God. There's, there's, I think you some... used the word, Kevin, I think you said bitter, so that would somehow segue into Sweet, which brings us to Sweet Tooth. <laughs> She's um, on him. She's got it. <laughs> JJ said, in hindsight, on the Star Wars movies, it would have been good to have a plan. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. He obviously like um, Star Trek better, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I read a comment and it, it said it really well, I think. They said the originals were good movies uh, with a good story. The prequels were uh, bad movies with a good story and the sequels are good movies with a bad story. I think that's what they said. And I was like, yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up, I think. Like with arc-wise, you know, because like, the yeah. prequels did tell us a story, you know, yeah, they're just bad movies or something, but then... Yeah. yeah, whereas the fair. sequels are shot really well and really well made, but they weren't maybe thought out in the best and they, way. And they had Jar Jar Binks. You know what? <laughs> I'm not... I actually... I don't hate Jar Jar Binks because he was only in The Phantom Menace. He was only put in there to keep kids entertained because otherwise it's just political, political waffling and stuff. So... And he's not in it that much after that, so I'm not actually, I don't actually hate him that much. Jar Jar Binks did not only just entertain me, he was also my first kiss. <laughs> Jar Jar Kinks. Uh, explain. I made, out, I, I, made out with, I made out with Jar Jar Binks and sucked on his tongue. Okay. 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 It was... It was, it was. Is this a Halloween costume some girl had? Or <laughs> did you have a beach towel? I don't know if we need elaboration on this subject. No, we, we do, we do. I was I was young and I was impressionable and stuff. And, you know, I had a bit of exposable income. And uh, I met up with Jar Jar Binks and we, we made out for a couple of hours. Wait, you mean like actual um, at best? <laughs> or... No, no. That would make him a pedophile, which is problematic. This was a... a, a... Oh yeah, I forgot because you're not... A, a 
a Jar Jar Binks head that you would open up and a candy tongue would come out of his mouth and you would like just be juice. sucking it's on it's just his... reminding me of Beetlejuice kind of for some reason so Sweet Tooth is produced by uh, Robert Downey Jr it's the Jeff Lemire comic book Downey. being adapted for uh, Netflix and Susan Downey exactly yeah um, Jeff Mickle is also one of the producers um, who directs the first three it's interesting is it Jeff Mickle it's interesting that there's a bunch of people with creator credits on here um when I don't know, it, it's funny that I, I guess it required so much adaptation, but Jeff Lemire is in the mix of a whole bunch of other creators somehow. Um, I don't know what the conversation around the story was. Uh, it tells the tale, uh, I went into this not knowing anything about it. It tells the tale of a post pandemic world oh God. where a, a plague has swept through, killing millions, but not this plague. And as a side effect uh, or a cause, uh, it's hard to work out There's what was the side effect. Um, the little I, I was watching that going, are the actors doing that or is that a visual effect? I tried that? to do it when I was watching it. I was like, yeah, that's same. actually quite hard to do. Like, yeah, like the little to pinky wobble that is the acting during a scene. I was like, fair play. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my um, girlfriend thinks she can do it, but she thinks she can do everything. <laughs> um, Get it, Amy, you're a, great. As a secondary thing at the same time as the pandemic, uh, uh, hybrid human-animal creatures start being born as well. And then we kind of transition to 10 years later where we meet. Well, first seven Gus. years and then 10. Yeah. Just to be pedantic about it. You're right. Uh, no, no, we've got to be specific. Um, so we watched the first two episodes. Yes, yes. I really enjoyed it. Cree, how did you feel about it? I'm kind of on the fence because I theoretically I should really like it because like deer are my favorite animal and the concept like the concept of hybrid children is like it's like oh that's kind of cute you know like because it's never like you know some horrible looking animal they're always like you know puppy ear like the first one we see is with like it's it's a puppy hybrid I'm like oh that's cute and, you know, I'm like, yeah, great, kids are a managed initiative, I can totally get on board with the child protagonist for a series, but, however, however much, however, like, likeable Gus is, and he's quite kind and stuff, he really, really isn't the brightest deer in the headlights. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's like, he makes so many mistakes, I'm like, it's so hard to, to it, like, if you didn't have cute deer ears and little antlers, it would be very hard to root for you right now. <laughs> Yeah. Fair. Oh, you're just watching and going, why are you being so stupid? Yeah, because I'm like, you were raised in the woods for 10 years. Your father taught you practically nothing because you should know much better. Like, 10-year-olds, like, okay, maybe if he was still seven, it would be understandable. But 10-year-olds aren't stupid. <laughs> like, they're really... I like, know, I got duped into making out with Jar Jar Binks for hours. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. <laughs> and he was 46 at that point. Yeah, and let me tell you, our hybrid offspring, not cute. Not cute. They were so messes. you're finding his. Um, oh my god, Kevin <laughs> Jar Jar is such a hairy lizard. Um, <laughs> Who wants to see that? No one. No. No thank one. Thank you. Yeah, I stepped no. on them, put them out of their misery. Yeah, all tongue and hair, gross. <laughs> Not fungin. So you're you're put off by his seeming stupidity, is it? You well, just no. I mean, watch it's him not, make mistakes. Stu- or... Like I, I, I do kind of like it. Um, I'd have learned that 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 slingshot's pretty ineffectual. Yeah, I think, I'm like, dude, he's got a gun. 
like and and you're like do you know like you have antlers at the very least stab the guy with your antlers like don't sit there and like shoot him how how many how many episodes have you watched Cree? two okay same same yeah yeah i go just that yeah I don't know. Like he's, I, I. Okay, don't get me wrong. I do really like Gus. I think he is very kind. He's quite imaginative. But don't start a bonfire in the middle of the day because you're like annoyed. Like, did your dad teach you absolutely nothing? Yeah, I'm quite angry at the dad as well because he taught him like nothing. I'm like, your whole thing was keep Gus alive, right? And then when he comes back and he's sick or whatever, he's like, um, he tells Gus to make some food and Gus doesn't know how to make the food. And and he's like, oh, you've seen me do it. I'm like. Dude, I thought the same. Child, how to make food? You're in the woods. What if something happened to you? Like, I don't know if he was maybe the best, but he was a survival expert. I mean, he built like that hood out of like practically nothing, and he made it livable. Well, and he was to to be I fair. Know. I I well to be fair. Um, I don't know if he's a survival expert. He found a hut, and he seems to be a scientist. Well, yes, that's true. Uh, I mean, well, I suppose he he made things like work or something. Mm. Like he, you know, because it's not quite. It's quite difficult to just go into the woods and just live yeah. there now you know without power and all that kind of stuff like so he did well and he was do you ever see the movie hannah i've heard yeah i saw some of it similar thing eric banna runs into the woods with his kid for 10 years and yeah teaches and she, but Roman she's to be quite a competent though like that's the difference do you know yeah. like she can handle herself but but this kid i'm oh, like he, oh he my sends God, her out to the tundra to hunt a deer you know? yeah like she's fine <laughs> this kid I'm like I don't know he, I feel like he should know better but ultimately I'm kind of enjoying it if if Gus does makes the same mistake of like eating all of their food and medicine again I'm like guy like you, dude you're, you're that, like there's not much hope for you I'm sorry <laughs> that drove me mad as well like because it was like there's no way he doesn't know not to eat all of his food I know I was like what because that the, was his I animal was, instinct it was an animal instinct, was it? I don't know. So you're you're a little frustrated by by silliness. A little bit, but um, ultimately, I mean, it's enjoyable. That sounded like a lot more harsh than I intended it to be. I think, but uh, yeah, I just think that he would be slightly more competent than he is being right. shown to be. Do you know, Kev, how are, how are you finding it? Uh, I know. I think. I think. I think that's a uh, yeah, very valid, fair point. Uh, what do I think of it? Uh, the guy, his dad, I'm a little bit disappointed with his dad because I think he yeah. didn't really, like, give him enough worldly knowledge. And then, like, his yeah. dad disappears and comes back and it was just kind of like, I don't know, it's just like, now you're sick and dead. Like, like you know, you, it's like, we don't have any context of, like, how he got the virus or how he died. And, you know, to a degree, yeah. like, it's just like, he came back. And also, what, like, I, I, I be, like, if I had a kid and I was in the fucking wilderness and shit. <laughs> And I told a kid, hey, you know, go off there and like cook some eggs because I'm just going to quietly die here on the bed. I'm perhaps going to muster whatever energy I have and walk away from the house so the child doesn't have to deal with my decaying, rotting corpse. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the most considerate. Like, ultimately, all of my problems with Gus stem from the dad. So it's not Essentially. Gus. And I feel like he's going to have more character growth, probably. You know, finally, he's stepping out of what that box that his dad put him in, and he's not going to be so naive by the end of it. Probably, I feel like that's the journey that they're probably going to go with. Yeah, um, it's 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 full circle. It's like he's stepping yeah, out of yeah. the box his father put him in by putting his father in a box and burying him. 
Oh no, no, I meant like when he leaves to look for his I totally, I totally get what you're saying, Karina. I totally get what you're saying. That was quite morbid. A bit dark, but a bit dark, but I'm on board with you. God, Gen Z are brutal. (laughs) Conveying quite well, like the concept of like slowly realizing that his father isn't giving him, hasn't given him all the information. You know, when in the second episode when he's asking the other boy, like, oh yeah, have you you seen any fires? Oh, and when he thought his dad, yeah, and when he thought his dad wrote like the Velveteen Rabbit and stuff, like he's finally getting clued into the whole. Oh yeah, maybe my dad isn't like the all-knowing, all-seeing. I, I do, like, I think that the kid, the the actor, is really good. Do you know? He's amazing. And he's, he's 11 years old. He's definitely likable. Like, if it was another kid who maybe had a bit more of an annoying disposition or something, I, I would be just so annoyed at the kind of mistakes that he's made that I would be like, no, I can't watch this anymore. But this kid is, like, genuinely likable. <laughs> do you know? more endearing, yeah. Yeah. Endearing! <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that was fantastic yeah it's brilliant <laughs> so I just googled him to get the kid's age he's Christian Convery is playing Gus he's doing a great job Yeah. what's weird is people also ask is Christian Convery single uh, um, and according to their I'm records they possibly mean a, different, a different <laughs> uh, search engines just picking words and putting wow. them next to each other okay <sighs> Will Forte um, Will Forte is great I was about to say Will Forte playing the father. Yeah. Is really good. I don't know how familiar you are with Will Forte. He was um, in he was an SNL cast member, right? And Last then, Man on Earth. Yeah, and then he was also in that Irish movie. Wasn't he the Yes, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. One? Uh Paranormal No 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 uh, uh, Extraordinary Extraordinary Boom Boom yeah, very, very good. Uh, what I was... I was watching... Well, 4J was really good. Um, I was impressed again by the guy's range and talent and the, the... The idea that it's harder... It is sometimes harder for dramatic actors to reach to comedy than it is for comedic actors to reach to drama yeah. because the the vulnerability that Will Forte's character had and the the sort of the genuine fear when some noise happened or when the kid was in danger the 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 love he had for the kid there was he really did a great job and there is something to like he plays ludicrous broad gregarious characters but he also does this like vulnerable fragile thing really really well even in uh, last man on earth which i've been watching on amazon prime as well um, I, I I missed that show when it aired originally and it's like you know it's a post-apocalypse and he is the last man on earth and he spends two years slowly going mad and then just as he's about to kill himself Kristen Schaal shows up so there's another person and yeah it's worth checking out her. <laughs> it's worth checking out the only thing I will say is it's not a spoiler it was cancelled and it ends when it ends and that's devastating so it's like it's like kind of it's watch it. It's so much fun, and he's phenomenal. He's one of those characters that you hate watching, but like because he's so annoying and he's awful, but he's so endearing. But what it's it's but it's it's good. But it ends on such kind of like a cliffhanger type yeah. of thing, 
and it gets cancelled so it's like it's like I could recommend it but then it's just like don't get invested yeah that's a good point I think that the whole um, comedic actors being really good at drama is definitely true because some of the best dramatic actors are comedians like Robin Williams Whoopi Goldberg Mm -hmm. in The Colour Purple is phenomenal Mm -hmm. like you know definitely that's true Zach Gilfinakis yeah yeah it's I, I, I like it's a it's a it's a cliche to say, but like it's just to try and be funny if you just don't have yeah the rhythm or the sense to it is it's, it can be painful to watch yeah. So you have to be um, like really talented to actually be funny, mm, and so mm, mm. and then dramatic. Not that dramatic actors aren't talented. That came out way wrong. <laughs> That's not no. what I'm getting at. Um, no, but you can apply your skills in comedy to to timing and drama. Mm-hmm. I suppose if you, yeah, I agree. if you're good at comedy, you've naturally good timing, which means you'll naturally have good timing for dramatic acting. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I was I was very impressed with Sweet Tooth, just because yeah. I didn't know what to expect with it, and there's this great sense of scale with it, and the cinematography is mm. gorgeous. Like when they're yeah. running through the woods or they're running out in the landscapes, it's it just feels really really big. And this is coming off of you know, a sort of Jupiter's legacy thing where I guess it was trying to be big in different places, but like, I guess I have this bias of Netflix big shows where I feel like they're going to spend a lot of money, but it's still going to be reaching too far and not quite work. You know, feel we've seen a number of shows and we've discussed them on here now where, you know, clearly they're spending a fortune, but it still feels cheap because it's still not enough for what they're trying to do. Mm hmm. This feels like they've got it right in terms of where they're spending yeah. money and how the world looks and what what's being asked of them. You know, it isn't. I also like the kind enormous. of um, fable aspect of, of it as well. You know, the narrator. You know, mm. it's kind yes. of like yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a legend, like it's a story, but it's got like darkness to it. But I I just really I really like the vibe. I think they nailed the tone. And that's James Brolin. Um, doing the the, really? the narration, who is Josh Brolin's father, wow. you know, James Brolin from other um, films. That's so cool. Um, that's definitely well. I don't know. I don't say definitely, but I think that's an era of um, of cinema that was. Uh, I'm just guessing, but it just feels like uh, you know James might have been a Robert Downey Senior mate who knew Rob Junior. You know what I mean? Mm. It's that sort of sort of parallel eras happening there. There was um, a Robert Downey. Daniel Senior. Well, yeah. since there he was, was, he was a, a filmmaker, Daniel Jr. That sort of stuff. No, that's, a, that's a, no, no, Cree. It's a nickname. <laughs> um, was his dad an actor? Uh, he wrote a movie called. Uh, uh, no, he didn't write, write a movie, but he made a movie called uh, Percy S- uh, Slope. Percy uh, Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. Monsters. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Percy Jackson and, and the Sea of Monsters. Hold on. Um, Robert Downey Senior, um, Putney Swope. Um, wow, that's he, he's cool. made he made a bunch of weird. I say weird, but he he was a sort of more avant garde um, filmmaker in the sort of seventies, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, like when Robert Downey Junior says he was raised by wolves, he kind of means like he was a, it was a chaotic kind of arty drugs and drink and yeah. silly upbringing. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in his high heels, talking about being. Uh, we were we were talking about how he always wears heels uh, in a previous um, episode. 
Have you um, have you noticed that Cree in the in the Marvel movies? No, it's just what. So Robin Downey Jr. in the Marvel movies, if you look back, Robin Downey Jr. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying his right name right. Robin Downey Jr. Robin. What? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. R R R B D Jr. R D J. That's that's how we. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, <laughs> the man from Last Castle. Um, he uh, Robin Downey Jr. wears heels. Me and him are watching. Oh yeah, watching. they have him standing on boxes and things as well in the MCU to make him look taller. Everything he has is flare jeans and like heels, and if, if if he's wearing Converse, they're Converse with heels. Yeah. His tr- his trousers always go down to the ground to cover the fact that he's. I mean, he's not absolutely a, a good... tiny. He's the same height as me. Yeah, like it, it's not just because he's not a forty-six-year-old like... dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> just because he's not like I don't know Jason Momoa or something like. Yeah. The problem is he's on screen with Jason Momoa types. Like, how tall is Hemsworth? <laughs> Yeah, but Hemsworth, in fairness, is a god in those movies, like, you know, and, and Captain America was, like, induced, like, put, had a serum put into him that made him tall. <laughs> so it's actually not that, like, horrible of an idea to have, like, a normal-looking sized person next to them, because it's like, well, yeah, you know, it's realistic. <laughs> normal people exist, too. Um, <laughs> how how tall, when we said Michael Downey was 5'9", who was the other person you'd mentioned there? How tall is somebody? Did you just say Michael Downey Jr.? <laughs> oh. yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Who was the other person you, okay? you mentioned there? We were talking about Hemsworth and Evans. Evans, no, but there was somebody else you mentioned. Uh, well, Jason Momoa. How, okay. how tall is Jason Momoa? I, bet you he's I don't know. He just seems like a tall kind of person, but it, it would be actually kind of funny if he wasn't was below six foot. You just happened to be like, no, I'd say he's. No, uh, he's six foot something. Yeah. So, what are Six your thoughts? Four. Like, like, um, Sweet Tooth has grabbed me. I think it's great. I like the tone. I really think the running around the the landscape is very joyous and 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 entertaining. I really want. I do want to see where it goes. It's dear to um, you. It, it's dear to me. Um, the, <laughs> anytime you see him at night and he has the little like oh, I love the that. nighttime eyes. I love that so that's much. so creepy <laughs> and fun. Um, the deer coming that. out of the woods behind him. Yeah. In episode two, that was odd. Like, does he does he call wildlife to his aid? Does he have the power to summon the woods? <laughs> it must um, be the bridge. It must be kind of the thing of like the pandemic, uh, cl- climate change, and all that kind of man doing shit things. It's just like it's kind of like mother nature. Like, how can I make man care about yeah. things other than man? And it's like make them hybrids, make them be connected to animals, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think the animals have like a sense of protection over him, the deer, because they're like you know it's one of their own. Um, mm. um, I think so. I think that's kind of like if there is a deer in the vicinity, they will protect him because he's one of their own or something. So, which animal do you think would be really crap to be a hybrid of? Because if he's in the forest and he, you know if if he's in danger, deers potentially and stags and stuff would come to his aid. I feel like a shark wouldn't be great unless you're like in the sea. <laughs> yeah, fair. Like this kid, like this kid is practically like a, a mer creature half shark. Yeah. It would just be like. Or like a seal. If you were half seal and you didn't have legs, but that would be that'd shocking. be awful. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, though, like if so, like kind of sweet tooth. Jamba it's Lord. only pretty handy for him because he's in a forest. Yeah. You know, I if also, you're half also, like, shark, feel, half seal, yeah, you'd be in yeah. the water. Yeah, that's true. I I also feel like he he has like you know nice proportions of you know it's just deers it's just antlers and then. Yeah. 
when you see the babies then there's like I don't know was there like an aardvark baby that was like covered in scales or there was like a lot more fur yeah. for those well, babies one with I'm a, like, there was one with a beak for a nose yeah. The one with the wings. The one with the wings is the one where I'm like, that doesn't seem... Like, I guess yeah. you can fly. I hope you can fly because <laughs> you're not having a cup of coffee anytime soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like Sweet Tooth Gus just got off very lucky with the proportion of the hybridity or whatever, however you can say that. How... What animal would you like to be hybrid of? Uh, honestly, I, I'm still a deer. Like, I, th- I still think it would be pretty cool. Like, I, I've, got a, I've got a deer onesie. And I like, and deer are my favorite animal pretty much since Bambi. So yeah, I actually think it will be deer. What about you guys? Only because of the power I think I could possess. Rhinoceros. No, no, that's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Rat. Oh, Black Death (laughs) 2.0. Could you imagine though, right? Because you're never, they always say you're never so far away from a rat, right? I live in Dublin City. There's probably rats everywhere. I could command rat armies and take over people. Yeah, I'd be the rat king. That's... So I'm going to go with cat. (laughs) (laughs) You win dicks time, cat boy. (laughs) You win dicks time. This time. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, it's it's hard to speak with my rat-like teeth. Yeah. So, I'll yeah, just spend no. the remainder of the podcast going like, it's presume that's something that a deer would sound like. Deer noises. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the rest of um, rest of Sweet Tooth. There's ten episodes, all ten episodes, all on Netflix now. Um. Oh, and I don't think there's much there's much more to the say. Guy, it, well, it I think the good. guy that protects him is pretty cool too. I'll just say that. Yes. He can be yeah. Big man, what's his name? Tommy something. I can't remember. Oh yeah, it's it's something. He was an ex footballer. I I got it, got it yeah. or something. But um, also right, like no judgment. The the parents of the people that they kind of uh, broke into their house and uh, tormented for twenty four hours. <laughs> those guys, um, they that kind of true. yeah, they 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 seem like kind of nice guys. The mother I definitely like more than the father. Yeah. But uh, like. If they blamed the the hybrids for like the virus and this and that, and that was their opinion, uh, why did they let the virus, the 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 the, 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 the dirty hybrid boy dare thing sleep with their child, their perfect Aryan child? Well, I think the whole thing was like uh, they they you know grew to think that he's you know you could see in the mom she was like oh no this kid is actually pretty cool yeah. you know and you know they had him dancing and all that kind of stuff and she's like oh so maybe the whole hybrid thing isn't that bad and i think that's why um, yeah that's what well, I they, they, they weren't they weren't extremists no. they didn't get involved they with any of the groups wary, they didn't go whatever they're a little wary yeah. it's probably how they just kind of explained this to the child essentially that like you know mm-hmm. this is going on blah blah um that 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 fight scene outside i thought really cool with the bear yeah. trap and stuff awesome yeah. awesome yeah. yeah, that guy can handle himself. He's like really cool. I'm curious what the like. I'm curious what the meds are that got consumed. Yeah, you know, like and what about that scar that thing? As well, yeah. like, is it just painkillers? Yeah, it must just like, be a football injury. I know that sounds really funny, but it's just vitamins. That would be an amazing plot twist. <laughs> it's just mm. like. <laughs> but also, like when he when he ate the uh, when he ate the guy's medication, like obviously, like kind of. 
by the age of 10, I'm not eating random people's medication. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was not well, the smartest. Yeah, Although he was he, brought has up. Has he never seen like, medicine? Isolated. But would you not, like, even, like, you know, I, I grew up in a country and we're told not to drink things from bottles, even if it looks like a 7-Up bottle, because it's probably the shed and it's petrol. Don't drink petrol. But the whole idea was don't eat things that, like, and drink things that aren't yours, you know? Yeah. Certainly if it doesn't look like. Yeah sweets or whatever and you would you know? think after being brought up in the woods for 10 years you would know about food conservation do you know like not eating everything all at once but maybe yeah. maybe kind of like because i get i get i kind of get a little bit of x-men vibes from this type of thing you know yeah. like the yeah. next stage of evolution you know yeah. but uh, yeah. maybe as he hits puberty like or he's entering puberty and stuff uh his animal instincts would become a bit more like prevalent or controllable and at this stage of his life he just like you know he's, it's food he's hungry he just yeah. can't stop himself then you know but maybe kids would do that like didn't that happen in the goonies mind you think oh i haven't seen the goonies in ages even though did, i love it so did they much. eat did somebody eat all the food oh chunk when he was in the <laughs> when he was in the ice cream fridge with the dead body that yeah did he <laughs> i can't remember yeah i can't remember but you know <laughs> Kids will eat their out of their emotions, I'm pretty sure. Or like, actually, it was so sweet when he gave Slot the Babe Ruth. That was really nice. Anyway, sorry, go on. So I'm, I, I'm into it. Kev, I think you are too. Yes. You, you, were, you were assigned this, Creed. No, you think no, you'll I, watch no, the I rest like of them? it. I think I might continue it. If, like, do you know, I just, I just hope he doesn't continue eating everybody's food and, and you know, using that, yeah. sli- that godforsaken slingshot because that does not work, dude. Just, yeah. just give it a rest and stay hidden that's that's the better policy i think um if he learns i will probably be on more on board i do like him it sounds like i absolutely hate his gus um but... <laughs> the just the the podcast just leveled up a bit these jokes are phenomenal thank you yeah exactly <laughs> that's you what we were phenomenal. So yeah oh yep yep <laughs> Thank you for also going close to the camera to emphasize <laughs> the, the phenomenal. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he learns that the slingshot isn't good and just just makes with the murder. Get bludgeoning, you know, yeah, your hybrid yeah. deer thing. Get a big old shtick. Start bludgeoning, man. I mean... I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where... I don't know... Okay, like this... The discussion about Sweet Tooth has been a little disjointed as we went into the second hour here, so I'm trying to remain or put a little structure and round us out of it. But at the same time, I am curious to... The narrator says each story begins at the beginning and this is where this person's story begins. So, the person that's taken up residence in the zoo... Amy. That's probably six months after pandemic, so it's 10 years we're watching her 10 years in the past i thought that time when does the doctor passed yeah i think a lot of time passed when she was quarantined going do you but do you think she spent 10 years in that building i mean i wouldn't is she is are we watching her establish the preserve for which he saw the flyers perhaps actually yeah that makes sense so at what stage is the doctor around do we see him as a good man but by the time it's with sweet tooth he's a monster because he has to get the cure oh, out of these hybrids that's a good point. what's the timeline happening oh yeah like, yeah 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 i know what you're saying like 
this every story starts at the beginning and this is where his story starts but it doesn't mean that these things are at the same time so but I, but I, the way i imagine it is i would say sweet tooth kind of say with big man uh, it's now uh mm. the doctor's uh, the lady having the cancer and the doctor having taken over her work is now and I think um, the lady in the zoo uh, getting the baby might have been in the past a little bit but she's yeah. in the zoo now if not if not yeah but do yeah, you when does she get the like baby this is full supposition stuff right um, society is still slightly holding itself together oh I don't know maybe she said how long she was providing medicine for the doctor's wife. Did she say, I've been giving you medicine for the last 10 years? I can't remember. Because um, the- oh, there, there is an angle where, like, he, he can't, like, when he's presented with what he has to do to do this research, it makes me think it's going to be taking advantage of these hybrids, children. Yes, I think And that. extracting or torturing them in some way. Yeah, yeah. And if, if it didn't work and his wife died and it's 10 years later and he blames the hybrids, that's how you end up with this sort of radicalized sect that, wants to hunt them all down a bit i think you know he's the guy who's providing the medicine that keeps his sect people from catching the virus yeah but also radic- further pushing them to hate the hybrids yeah i'm overthinking it yeah, it's a good point because then go the, the, the the woman could have been doing that at the same time as well and he just needs to yeah. carry on so it's like there really is no way yeah. to know unless they yeah. actually say in the dialogue how long this has been yeah. going on because that yeah. work was her work as well like yeah. to start off with so we don't know how far along yeah she she does she, she does say at what point yeah she says i've been giving you this for your wife for x amount of time yeah gonna have to read the yeah. yeah and she's they said like oh how how like you know what's the distance between say uh treatments now so you know potentially it was more potent in her system x amount of time ago so she'd only need like two shots a year then it became three four five and now it's every 30 yeah. days or whatever you know Um i like that it's got like i don't know if anybody saw where the wild things are spike jones's yeah where the wild things are mm-hmm. um it's got some of that in terms of the like cinematography the yeah the, the look of it the sort of golden hour i think, hour, I, I, think I prefer and, it in sweet tooth i think sweet tooth works yeah. better than where the wild things are for me personally Mm-hmm. I think that I think where the wild things are is like a lovely experiment of a movie, but it didn't really connect. Yeah. Emotionally, I didn't really like the kid at the end of it, or it didn't, you know. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Sweet Tooth looks lovely, and I like the kid. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say something there. Yeah. Well, um. Oh, what was I gonna say? So moving us on, um, Sweet Tooth is there. I'd recommend Hannah. If you haven't seen it, um, I haven't watched okay. the TV series. There's, oh, um, okay. There's hmm? a TV series that is okay. That's good to know. Yeah, Hannah came out in 2011, I think. The movie. And then there's two seasons of a show on Amazon. Is it still with Saoirse Ronan? I think it's. A, I think I've no. got a. Yeah, I think I remember it was someone else. Yeah. It's all coming back to me now. I remember I was going to say, uh, you know, when you're watching it and the narrator's just like, and this is where their story starts. Uh, I'm like, what? I thought their story started like 10 minutes ago. I know, watching you just gave a flashback thing. of when Ghost was a child. Yeah. Like, you literally started it before now. Yeah, and like, how many times does Ghost's story start? And I felt like he said that about Ghost more than once. I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, it do- The narrator thing really puts me in mind of um, Pushing Daisies, which was a TV show that ran for two, maybe three seasons. Where- Punching Daisies? Pushing Daisies. Oh, okay. Um, 
So oh, there's okay. a, a Leap Lee Pace, uh, Ronan the Accuser, yeah. um, plays a pie maker with the ability to ability or curse. Anything he touches dies. Any living thing he touches dies or comes back to life. But if he touches it again, it dies again. My death touch. Wow. So if he touches again, it dies again. And he like... <laughs> I could just imagine someone just going... <laughs> but it's only like... It dies again forever. Oh, okay. When you meet him, he's like... I think he'd accidentally killed his parents when he was a child. Wow. So he's just weird traumatized. But it's a real magical, hyper real kind of world. Like, look up the trailer for pushing daisies it's got a, an amelie vibe he's like he's a pie maker he takes he he saves money on spoiled fruit by like he's touching strawberries and they come back to being fresh and lovely and he bakes them into pies and in the first episode his childhood sweetheart has died and he goes to her funeral and touches the body and she comes back to life and like they love each other but if he ever touches her she'll die again forever oh that is a- um Concept. And then they try and solve crimes and mysteries. I think it's it was a very silly show. That would actually be um, a great show to make during the pandemic because you don't need uh, social contact or anything. <laughs> uh, Kristen Chenoweth is in it as well. It's a good show. Next week, I think Infinite is going to be out. Oh wow! Wow, um, really? It's it's going to be it's uh, that is a Mark Wahlberg kind of Highlander oh. type of film. Okay, yeah. I believe Brian will be back at that point, so it won't be part of your homework, Cree. <laughs> um, thank you very much for guesting on this week's episode. Thank you for having me. Um, I know uh, I can ramble. Be... <laughs> hmm? I know I can ramble, so thank you. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. More than welcome. It's absolutely what and we need. Yeah, we'll definitely have so, you back again. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Is there anything else in the pop culture, cinema, media, news world or otherwise that you guys want to mention before we finish out the... I was going to say Loki. Yes, that's Wednesday. Holy, isn't holy it? God! Yeah, Loki's yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, We're back to that. our Marvel format. You know, I'm Loki. Looking forward to it. Oh God, she's brilliant. <laughs>